Coleman, why do you look so uh, angry right now? I'm not angry, Lightning. I'm frustrated. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, hold on. Let me turn your mic Don't down. threaten me and <laughs> accuse me of anger? Not an angry guy. Oh, you look angry just, right now. No, I just get frustrated. Well, right before I fired out the microphones uh, for episode 247 of the Truck Show podcast, Holman was uh, yelling at his laptop. And I'm like, Dude, what? what? What's yelling at my laptop? Well, you were making grunt noises and you were frustrated. I was trying to figure out how the freaking A to turn off the like uh, street sign recognition on the cruise control on the Raptor. Okay. Because what happens is you're driving down the freeway in Southern California, and you know this. The speed limit's usually around 65. Yes. Sometimes it's 70, sometimes it's 55. In a construction zone, it's 55. Mm -hmm. And you know our landscape is littered with construction zones that are two miles long and that you have to slow down for. Drive through them all day, every day. So when I'm driving our long-term Raptor, and I have adaptive cruise control on, and I'm comfortably going 75, it goes... Oh, 55, slams on the brakes, and the dude behind you almost rear-ends you. Ah. And it makes your heart skip a beat. And then you're like, don't do that, truck. And then I can't figure out how to turn it. So then you bump it back up. I want to go 75. Mm -hmm. And you're cruising along 75, and all of a sudden it decides, oh, 65 now. And then you're like, no, 75. And then you're driving along again, and guess what? You're going 75. And the speed limit is like 70 or something like that. And then also goes, <laughs> and you're like, the speed limit didn't change. But some big rig that says, I drive safely at 55, has that 55 mile an hour like sign oh, and it on read the, 55. and it reads it off no the track. Way. Yeah, off a semi. And it goes, <laughs> and you're like, no. <laughs> Why? Can anybody with a Ford tell me how to turn that off? It's not okay. Never listen, driven a Ford, don't know. Listen, the cars are getting too smart. So smart that they're dumb, okay? Like, I like the adaptive cruise. I like the fact that I can just set it, and I can just hang out, and it's going to match the speed. If somebody cuts me off, it slows down. If somebody's out of my way, it speeds up. And I just don't have to do anything but steer. What I don't like is halfway through my chicken nugs, and I'm trying to go for that <laughs> dipping sauce, and all uh, wait, of a sudden- are you, are you driving with your knee, though? There's a, are you steering with your knee? There, well, the Raptor has this thing where it's lane keep assist. Uh, as long as you're touching the wheel, it stays in the middle. But dude, on the 405, we were doing the uh, the intersection work, mm -hmm. or the uh, overpass work, uh -huh. and it, 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 it bolts- Oh, yeah, because like, they can't you, find the lane. You can't find the lane yeah. because it, like, for, our right. lanes are a mess yeah, right, right now. Yeah, right now, because of all this construction. They've been striped like 85 times. Yeah, so they're basically sandblasted all the lanes, but the lanes have been restriped 20 times, so it just looks like somebody barfed bot dots all over the freeway. <laughs> and so- at like and by the way, they so the lanes zag because they're putting in new new lanes, new overpasses, and so the the center dividers are they bulge wide, yeah. And so you drive around the yeah. center divider, so all the traffic has to swerve right, well, hold and make on. like an you're S curve. For, you're forgetting it. the the most important part. What's that? At sunset, all of those old bot stops have been pried up, have like a piece of tar that kept them down. It literally just looks like a sea of flat tar dots all over. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where the lanes are. It's kind of like when you're in the Midwest, like Detroit. In a snowstorm, and there's a three-lane highway, and it's only two lanes because that's people can't figure out where the third lane is, and so everyone's like, "Well, I guess it's a two-lane now." It's like that, except for somewhere in there, there's some dude straddling one of them, and there's another dude coming in and merging, and you're like, <sighs> "Anyway, this all stemmed from you, your inability to turn off." Just the, I don't want speed it. control. Stop! I told you the speed. Don't tell me what I told you. I'm in charge here. That's the deal. And it it's it's stupid. Man, wait till every vehicle is autonomous. No. 
No, you can pry that steering wheel out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> Idiots. This is uh, weird for me to sit over here and watch a rant because normally I'm the one yelling with my uh, voice going up several octaves. And then in the middle of all this last night, while this is going on after it tried to kill me several times of slamming on the brakes and mm-hmm. trying to get to 55, here comes old Corolla security, dude. No taillights. So I get behind him and I flash him. Uh huh. And he cuts over and I get behind him again and I flash him again. Doesn't he matter. He cuts over, I flash him again. And then when I drive up next to him, I'm like, point him, like, your headlights. And he just flips me off. I'm like, <laughs> how am I the a hole? You don't have your headlights on. Welcome to my world. Welcome to Lightning's world, everyone. Stupid. <laughs> Should be Lightning's world and that way things are lit. Uh-huh. Something like that or lighter. Dude, I passed three. Cars yeah. with their headlights off coming here. How is your car too stupid to turn the headlights on, but it'll recognize some sign on the back of a big rig and decide you need to go slower? Yeah, I don't think they're the same. I think the cars that are smart enough to keep that speed Listen, I'm not are saying, also smart enough to... I'm not saying I'm not okay with it recognizing road signs. It's nice to look down and go, oh, it went drop down to 55. Let me drop down to 64. But I don't need it like not telling me and going, no! Whoa, Nelly. And you're like, what is happening here? The first few times it did this, I'm like, what is going on? It doesn't just like put it in coast mode where it's like, oh, we're just going to stop accelerating until you get down. No, it, it's like engine braking and like, again, my dipping sauce wants to end up on the windshield. Well, are you getting nugs the, are you getting, because in the Ram, in the TRX, you get, um, actually, no, maybe it was the, yeah, it was the, it was the TRX. It has the. Uh, the red like crash symbol that comes up on the heads no, no, up no. display. That's when you're that too GM? close. That, I'm trying no, to think which they vehicle all do that. that's that, okay. That's forward collision warning. That means you're too close to somebody. That's I, well, totally I, different. I've had that come on three times, so, and there's nothing in front of me. So turn on your sensitivity. It's on high right now. Turn it to low, and it'll be much better. Okay. And you can turn it off if you want. But it will save you someday. Just saying. I'm not. I'm not going to turn it off. Just put, put just, it on low. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Low. Low. You're just on super sensitivity. Yeah. Like when a the, by the a way, bald eagle is crossing the freeway and swoops down in front of you, and your truck's like bald eagle, and then beep 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 warnings, and then the whole thing lights up, and then bald eagle flies away, and you're like stupid bald eagles. I have to change the limiter setting on uh, Holman's compressor limiter set over here. You're just pegging the needles on this show. Well, I have By a the headache. way, you speak about sensitivity. Angry. You're the one that's uh, sensitive right now. I am sensitive. Yeah. I'm sensitive because I haven't eaten all day. And mm-hmm. it was like, you ever have those days where the whole day is whack-a-mole? And you're like, I'm going to get two things done today. I am waking up and these two things. And then you do 45 things in the day. Not one of those or two of those are the things you wanted to do. Happens to me all the time. And it's just a game of whack-a-mole. You're just putting out fires and it's like a goat rodeo and the whole place falls apart. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, well, now I got to go to a freaking hot ass studio with lightning for (laughs) five hours until midnight. Maybe it's the best thing you've done all day. I doubt it, but we'll go with that for a little (laughs) while and see what happens. You did get a new car. I have to do two new cars. This is what happens. Then. All right. Talk- Can I do my other rant? Yeah, well, hold on a second. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. Holman is the owner, uh, well, partial owner, of a brand mm-hmm. new Jeep product and not a 392. Mm-mm. You care to share? Yeah. Picked up my wife's uh, Grand Cherokee 4xE. Mm-hmm. Summit. <whistles> Pretty car. Very bougie. It's her car. She gets yeah. to be as bougie as she wants because uh, okay. she lets me do things like buy 392s and disappear for weeks at a time in the, the desert. Uh, totally fine with that. Diamond stitching on the, does on the have seats. Diamond stitching. The pleat is... Yeah, and the Tupelo leather inside, Ooh. the honey-colored Ferrari uh, leather. I saw the photos. Oh, it's yeah. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, real wood. So listen, there, there's some happy came today. No, that's true. But here, here's the thing. 
Nobody ever wants to buy two cars at the same time. But when you order one car in like April and you order the other car in July, sometimes they arrive at the exact same time and you go, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. and, and one of you has a lease that's up and you're going, well, this is going to be a little <laughs> tight this year for a little while. Yeah. 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 And we ordered that car special for her and they, they got it through for her. And it's not like we're going to go to the dealership and go, nah. Although Jackson probably would have loved it because he could have sold that sucker like full retail. Like made, in, he would have made bucks. He had to put a sign on it because they slurried their parking lot, so everything kind of got mishmashed. So it kind of went to this area where all the cars were, and he put a sign, do not sell, because all the salespeople, it was the first one that came in his dealership, and they're just like salivating over it. They're like, oh, I got like five people you know, deep lined up for this thing. He's this like, this is going to be a good commission. Yeah, they're like, dude, this is not for one of you guys. This is Sean Holman's car. And they're like, but he just got a 392. And they're, <laughs> anyway, that's... Uh, uh, wife loves it. It's super comfortable. Congratulations. Quiet. Yep. Uh, she Today, I plugged it in last night, and she drove like three quarters of her, her day without ever getting into gasoline. And so she's like, I hate EVs. This is crap. I've never blah, blah, blah. And then she's, today. Like, she's like, oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm like, hey, how's that fuel economy? She goes, yeah, I don't think I used any gas today. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be nice for you. Uh, Not for me. Nope. But we have a carbon neutral uh, driveway now, though. I've got the three you, the three on one side. And you I've got you and I are, uh, are are gas guzzlers. Oh, you know what? I can tell. But your your wife is the same way, though, because your wife got her new car right about the t- same time you got your TRX. Yeah, that was also painful. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Funny how that works out. You're like, no, that we're financially re- responsible. My wife doesn't give a rat's ass, though. She's like, I'm ready for a new car. She just tells me what she bought. Mm. It's happened like five times already. They did the uh, whole- I, I literally, the last time I showed up at my house and in the driveway was a new car, didn't even know it was going to happen. <laughs> just, just a new yeah. car. I, we got to go. I what, guess we got a new car. When my wife and I were first together, she'd do that all the time. I'm like, what have you done? She goes, oh, I just wanted a new car. I'm like, you can't just flip leases like that. She goes, oh yeah, they just, it, it, it's fine. They just put in the payment. I'm like, you're upside down. <laughs> what? I'm like, you can't do that. She's like, well, Huh? I'm like, it's not magic. It doesn't. You just your old car didn't just turn into a newer car. No, they're paying for they it. They don't nullify the. No. Uh, yeah. And so she's like, well, no. Then he just called me and said, hey, we want to buy back your lease and we need it for the used car lot. Come get your new one. And I'm like, no, don't fall for that. <laughs> what are you doing? So her, I'm proud of her. Her last two cars, uh, she had a Jeep Cherokee uh, Overland and then she had a uh, a Grand Cherokee Overland. Both she kept uh, the first one all the way through the end of the lease. This one we ended the lease a little bit early because a new one came in. And uh, and she's like, no, I, I love this car. And then she got into it and drove. She goes, this might be my forever car. And I'm like, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So anyway, she she's happy. I'm happy. She has a new car. I'm going to go uh, fly out. I, I got my plane ticket. So Ooh, I'm all to set go up. get the 392 yep. in Michigan. Yep. So I'm going to fly out here at the end of the month. Drive that sucker so that's back. that's the, uh, the trip that Lightning will not be uh, Apparently not. Uh, flying along. Nope. You heard it first mm. in the show where yeah. he said he was coming, and then you heard it where he I said he I really wasn't. want to, but I just it, I can't break away, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. well yeah. it's going to be cool. All right. So before we get into the show, we need to thank Nissan, as we uh, do so often. And I want to talk about that uh, Pro 4X that we saw up in Holcomb Valley and uh, cruising around. Um, I, what, was the, what was the trail we're on? N209 or something? What is it? Two one oh one. Two one oh one. Nope. No? N two one oh one? Two N O one. Two N O one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this little Pro 4X was all overlanded out and Wait, you mean the uh that sexy blue little Nissan number? The one that makes me wanna choose my adventure. The yes. one that when I saw it on the trail, all modified and out there in the dirt, I thought to myself, Well, 
Look at that pretty little truck. I can see myself in there doing truck things. That's right. I would sit in that truck and I would eat beef jerky while I drank coffee all the way <laughs> until the grounds in the bottom of the cup filled me up before lunchtime. And for lunchtime, I'd head out to the back and grab my shotgun and I would take a duck out of the sky and I would eat it raw. <laughs> and then I would pull uh-huh. up to my back 40 and I'd go look at all those trees. I wonder if I can use my Nissan to pull one down and chop it into firewood. And wouldn't you know, that's right, Lightning, I backed my Nissan up to that big old tree. I tied a big old chain around it and I put it in four low. And because I had a Pro 4X, I dropped that sucker and pushed the button for the rear locker. And that Dana 44 laughed at that big old pine tree. (laughs) And I pulled that sucker down. And then I went to my cargo area and I pulled out my favorite axe. Actually, that's not true. I didn't want to double up my favorite axe, so I pulled out my second favorite axe. All right, when I okay. go to the woods, I, like I the always carry two axes. So when I pulled up that second axe, I went, let's see if it'll split a beard hair. Because that's right, I have beards on my face because I'm a man. Beards? That's right. <laughs> and then I pulled up my flannel shirt, mm-hmm. which fits me just right. All that means is all them grits and biscuits and gravy have a place to land under that soft flannel and those buttons. And I walked up to that tree that I toppled over with my Nissan and I started hacking. I started pummeling. And I got a big old V-notch right in the trunk of that tree. And I realized, why on earth am I working so hard? So I got back in that rugged, dependable, bold little Nissan number, Uh and I drove right up on top of that tree. Oh, really? And it broke in half. That's right. My Nissan broke a tree in half. (laughs) How many people can say that they did manly things like breaking a tree in half of their truck? It didn't even phase my Nissan. That's right. And then when I was done with it, I pulled the chain on my hitch, and I towed that sucker 500 miles to my cabin. Oh, wow. So wait a minute. Uh, over the roads? Well, all I had was a porch. But when I was done with that tree, I had a log cabin. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have my Nissan Frontier. And those are the kinds of adventures I take when I go to NissanUSA.com and I find out what model should I have here. <laughs> Quite a tale. Quite a tale. What, what, what's your name, sir? What's your name? My name is... Lumberjack Larry. Lumberjack Larry. And let me tell you something, though. This is the first appearance of Lumberjack Larry on the show. Let me tell you something there, Lightning. Mm-hmm. Not only did I pull out my frontier, mm-hmm. but last time I went to my ranch, I saw a bigger tree, and it just wasn't enough. It was a big tree, and I went, hold on one second, tree. I headed back down to my local Nissan <laughs> one dealer, second tree. and I picked up a Nissan <laughs> Keep going. Stay in character. Larry Lumberjack. And I went to NissanUSA.com and then down to my local dealer. Because you know what I found out? No. They make a truck bigger than a Frontier. That's right, Lightning. That's a, a Titan. And I pulled up in my Titan. I laughed at that tree. And I said, who's the Titan of the forest now? And the tree toppled on its own. <laughs> Fortunately... It just gave up. Fortunately, I had gotten myself an XD, so oh. I had all that extra payload. I pulled two trees home, and I put a second-story addition on my cabin. Ah. And so now my my family is uh, is happy. There's plenty of room for us. And then 
Well, if that weren't enough, that tree was so big that I hauled 500 miles home in my Nissan Titan XD that I actually built a she shed for my wife. And now she does her crafts out there, and it <laughs> works out well for all of us. Quite a story there, Lumberjack Mary. Yeah. Oh, you, you got a boat dock. But you don't have a, there's no lake by your house. There is now. <laughs> no, there is. That's right. I turned the air conditioning <laughs> on on my Nissan Titan XD, uh-huh. and it was so good. All the condensation that was dripping underneath it just filled up that big old ditch behind my house, and now I have bass fishing competitions <laughs> where I can catch it with my bare hands. Oh, really? Rainbow trout don't stand a chance. <laughs> I just pull up the truck. They jump in the bed because they also want to go for a ride in a smooth riding, reliable, tough Nissan uh-huh. truck. I wonder if we're going to make extra money for uh, the length of this plug. <laughs> Some of us oh, have. it's a real story? Some of us live this lifestyle. Others mm-hmm. just pretend. Hey, what was that? Yeah, that was uh, Lumberjack Larry was in here what? just a few minutes wow. ago uh, helping us out to uh, tell us. Uh, I, I fell asleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was cracked out on uh, on my day and I, I, I something, the low sh- blood sugar or something. He gives a tall tale about uh, Nissan. Dr. Pepper is mm-hmm. filling me back up right now. I feel Maybe. I feel normal again. He, he was he was telling us uh, all, all about uh, Nissan's capabilities with the uh, both the Frontier and the Titan. Oh, did he tell you about the uh, Titan's five-year, 100,000-mile warranty? Best he business? missed that, no. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I guess he wasn't a shill after all. <laughs> didn't even hit all the sales points. No, no he didn't. He was <laughs> telling his tale. All right, so what are you going to do, Lightning? You have a uh, a truck that's sucking in hot, hot, hot air, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's super inefficient. Air density has gone down. It's a hot day with a hot engine bay, and it's just like... Sounds like a recipe for disaster. Or is there a way to get cooler air into your engine? Hmm, More horsepower maybe, and efficiency? Maybe you could increase the air density by going to bankspower.com, typing in your year, make, and model... Follow the drop down to a Ram Air intake for your truck. Hey, I heard that certain new trucks today uh, might invalidate a air intake, as in you make a horsepower and efficiency improving intake, and the truck says, "Oh hell no!" But you guys seem to have. So that you say you guys? Out. You're talking about banks? I am talking. About I'm pretending banks. like I don't work there. Right. So uh, if you were to have a say a 2020 to 2023. Duramax, and you were to put on a competitor's intake, you'd flow the stock amount, whether you liked it or not. Air would be just like the stock intake. Why? Because you'd throw codes if you flowed too much air. That's where the bank's Ram Air intake comes in because it ships with a patented air mass control module. What? Tell me more, Lightning! It it (laughs) recalibrates the mass signal so banks can flow anything they want, and the ECM thinks it's stock. Hmm. Little manipulation there, eh? All right. Well, BakesPower.com, uh, for a whole bunch of accessories for your truck, not just air intakes, but everything from the uh, I-Dash gauge to the pedal monster to the uh, Ram Air diff cover. So a ton of stuff. Just use the year make model and uh, get your stuff at BakesPower.com. And last but not least, got to thank uh, our friends at Toyo. Once again, uh, Trail Pass was awesome. We love the uh, new Open Country RT Trail. And so uh, Toyo, known for their really high-quality, durable, round tires, Uh before, it was basically AT3, RT, and MT. And the RT was the hybrid, but it was really an MT carcass that's been kind of wrapped in uh, like uh, a, a nicer suit. Not quite as aggressive, a little bit more toward all-terrain, but still that toughness. But there was still room, according to Toyo, to do something in between that and the AT3. And the AT3 mm-hmm. is a fantastic all-terrain tire. And basically, I think they, it's one of their bestsellers, isn't it? It is their bestseller, yeah. Okay. And so where the original Open Country RT is more of an Open Country MT in a more subdued suit... 
The RT Trail is closer to uh, an AT3 that just let its hair down to party. <laughs> so, uh, oh, it, like uh, Lumberjack Larry. <laughs> yeah, uh, he lets his beard down. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so listen, uh, we're big fans of the Open Country RT Trail. You should check it out. It's definitely one of the uh, top tires in its class. And we love that it's a hybrid that not only sits between AT and MT, but it's a rugged and refined hybrid that straddles the line between on-road and off-road performance. Toyotires.com, 47 sizes. They're guaranteed to have uh, the size you want as long as it's 38 inches or smaller. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, so I am Lightning, he is Holman, and uh, we had uh, quite uh, the show last uh, episode. I think uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We uh, did our, it was kind of like an off-road episode with uh, our friends up at Toyo in Holka Valley near Big Bear, California. I had never been up there. It was freaking gorgeous. They were super good to us that first day on the media event. We, uh, Holman drove, I sat shotgun, recorded, as you guys heard, and then we ended the night in Holcomb Valley, and it was just this beautiful meadow with horses grazing, and I didn't, Amongst was, the pine trees. It was really cool. It was awesome. Just a, such a cool event. And on the way out there that night, I was uh, having fun on the TRX, spitting up rocks, getting in not super sideways, but enjoying the horsepower. And then when I pulled over and at, next to my trailer for the night, shine my flashlight just in front of the rear wheels where it's uh, the fenders go wide on the TRX. And I realized I had sprayed my own truck with pebbles and rocks. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Remember when I told you you should get some mud flaps? You're like, those are ugly. Well, and I'm like, I well, am considering them now. put them on. And but I, I will give a uh, slow clap to Expel because that ultimate fusion paint protection film saved my butt. I, I thought I, it saved your hips on uh, your truck. It <laughs> saved your butt? It saved my butt because- How, how uh, else do you use that paint protection I, film? I, I really- think that I would have had actual paint damage, but it doesn't look like any of the rocks made it through the 8 mil film. Now, I do think that I'm going to buy a couple of pieces of duct tape of, nope, that'll look ugly, of their 10 mil film or their track wrap. I'm not sure I'm going to call for a consultation, but just those yeah, lower just use pieces. The track, just use the track wrap for when you go off road and then just take it off when you're done. That's not a bad idea. That's what I would do. Yeah. Then it's well, not no, but I want it to be there full time. I want it to be like anytime. Well, I, we I had RTRX and I didn't, and I did way more off roading than you did in way worse stuff. And I didn't blow up the rear fenders with no paint protection film. So I think you'd be fine with track wrap on top of it. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. So, and, and remember you and I, when, when I gave you the uh, license plate covered in Expel yep. and you ground it with the, the claw of the hammer, yeah, right? Found, found out that the first half mil is the, uh, is the healing portion exactly. of it. And the rest, but I looked at that license plate actually uh, yesterday, two days ago, and I left it under a lamp and forgot about it. And it's funny, you can still see the scratches, but you can almost not feel them. Oh, it's interesting. It's really, really interesting. And you feel the license plate, it's like, gah, 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 with your fingernail, and over the Expel, it's fine. So I'm, I'm super interested. They're going to uh, work with me to get the 392 done up in, uh, in Michigan before I drive it home. So I'm, I'm, I, this is my first foray into... 
Pain protection. So I, and I, I Holman, you know we've gone back and forth we, with the show. We, we've talked about this a lot, and yeah. and I think that no, I know that Holman was reticent about, uh, reluctant, I should say, was very reluctant yeah, to just, try I'm it like, because that's kind of expensive. I don't know. Well, if I wanna... it, so it was expensive, but you also thought it was going to look hazy. Yeah. You thought that when you pulled it up, it was going to leave gonna residue. Yellow, it was going to be crappy. You thought it was going to look orange peely, yeah. and it, it so no, far it looks great it on yours. So I mean, it, tell me. From, so far, I'm a believer. So. From from two three feet away. Can yeah, you yeah, eat, no, no, can't even tell it's on no, there at on your all. Black truck. Right. Yeah, it's all about the paint correction, right? Because you want to make sure there's no swirls when you put it on. You don't see the swirls coming through, that kind of stuff. But I, I've I've been impressed with yours, and you, you, I mean, you could tell the audience every time I either come to your house or I see you drive in the parking lot, I stick my fingernail <laughs> in it and <laughs> walk up to touch it because it, like, it's so weird. Every single time, <laughs> as if it's gone. He's like, "Oh, you took it off today. I can tell it's not there. I'm going to put my fingernail in." That's it. It's funny because it's kind of when it's in the sun, it's a little soft and tacky. And I can just like leave a little like half moon fingernail mark on it, and then I watch it just kind of disappear. It's, it's just, just like kids do with, with in their in the vegetable aisle, no, no, or, no, you know, the grocery no, no, store. No, no. They're putting their fingernails in no, their no, like, no. fruit. You know what it is? It's you got new shoes, and I'm stepping on them just to get them dirty. Oh yeah, that, that's what it is. You are that guy. I am that guy. Yeah. A couple other quick updates before we get into our, our guest, Gate King, who are some uh, cool entrepreneurs out of Southern California. We think you're going to be interested in. So I'm about to be the proud owner of a new set of HRE Flowform FT1s in tarmac, which is a uh, kind of. Um, Black. It, well, I was going to say matte black. Okay. Black. <laughs> black. Black wheels. Yes. So we were walking around, and they have their brand new uh, truck wheel that, that we talked about in the last episode. Uh, and they were trying to get some exposure in the truck market for it. And it's under their Flowform brand, which is their cast wheel company. And they're gorgeous wheels. And I'm like, Lightning, you should probably work with them. Like, it's the perfect opportunity to give them a little exposure and get them on a TRX. You want to go with 20s? They have 20s. That'll fit the, the wheel with big brakes that you want to do. And Well, so I have a funny story about that, too. So, oh, so interesting. I, yeah, so I'm talking to Alex at, at HRE, and okay. he's like, we'd love to do it. We're really trying to promote it. Yeah. We love the Ram fitment, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I said, well, I really want to run these Willwood brakes. So so I called up uh, our buddy Mike over at uh, Willwood, and he sent me the CAD file for the TX6R Tactical Extreme Big Brakes. And you got to make sure that the backside of the face, that the shape of everything. The caliper and, and, fits within the wheel. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, the drop hoop. center on the hoop, all yeah, that kind exactly, of stuff. Exactly, exactly. So I sent it over, and Alex says, they'll work, but you'll have three millimeters of clearance. Which is not a lot. It's not a lot. Especially with uh, things that heat up. So I sent it to Hamrick over Willwood, and he goes, Pfft. literally, he made like, I don't know how he typed out, Went, that's noise? That's plenty. Okay. Plenty. Hey. And then he showed me, oh, I need to show you this picture. Look at this. Hold on a second. And then he said, you think that's close? Look at this. Here's a method wheel with their brake kit. Look at that. Zoom all the way in. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's pretty tight. He says, that is that a- one mil? That's a business card. Yeah. A business card between the wheel and the caliper. Jeez. So he said that's fine, and uh, he goes, "No, you're you're not. Sand will fall out. You're not going to yeah. get rocks that deep in there." Yeah, he said, "You'll you'll be in good shape." I mean, you so might, but they'll it's possible chew themselves up. Pretty so quick. here's the interesting thing: so these wheels are only made in a zero offset. The factory wheels are a minus a plus fifteen or a plus twenty somewhere on there. So that means that they're sucked into the truck. I'm going to put on thirty sevens. These wheels are a zero offset, which means they're going to stick out a little more. Okay, so fifteen millimeters, which is what you want. It's what you want for stance and cool looks. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, when I go to a 37 and I'm sticking further out, I will rub. Huh, funny. I'm pretty sure somebody on this show was like, lighting to you. You said that. Oh, you, you me. That. You. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Holman said that. Yeah. So now, hmm. now. Oh, I, here comes I, the dominoes, everybody. Now, this is yep. the rabbit hole. This is what happens. That is exactly what we talked about. Yep. This is the rabbit hole or the dominoes where lightning goes, I'm going to push over this domino. And then he goes, oh, 
Well, they all know, fell. They really knocked over one. Uh, nope. They knocked going. over two. They knocked over three. And then all of a sudden he realizes that those weren't his dominoes to knock over. And the whole room where all these nicely behaved children were setting up dominoes is now laid to waste because he pushed <laughs> over one of them. I and don't think that is And now he's the a-hole. No. The, and all those little children represent your warranty. And they're all staring at you <laughs> crying while, while you just lay waste to their domino room. Uh, well, yeah. I am abusing uh, the warranty potentially, but uh, listen, I'm not, I have I'm not to, against it. So I'm here's just, the thing. So, that, so, so they're going to rub. So what do I do about that? Well, I have three options. Option A, mm-hmm. the Kibi Tech uh, lift kit, which is basically a spacer, which removes some of the it limits some of the travel in the spring. It's a really good design. He did a really nice job with it, it's and it still was a spacer. It's a spacer. All right. Mm-hmm. Option two, geyser. Make some springs. The trophy okay. truck guys. Yeah. They're spendy. Yes, they are. Option three, I just found out. But how do how do springs help? They're lift springs. They're taller. Okay, but what about compression? Their progressive rate and I don't know. <laughs> because it's fine that they're taller, so okay, when you're driving at right height, they don't rub. Right. What happens when you go and jump it? Ah, uh, that's a great question. What happens at full compression? Because you're not changing the compression side of the shock. Well, no. I mean the shock is just there for dampening. Wrong. You have JCOs on that. Yeah. There's hydraulic bump stops yes. inside that shock. Okay. It's not just there for damping. It's not damping. That's getting things wet. It's damping. It's not there for damping. So my question is, when you land it, is there so much spring rate that there's no coil bind that the coils stop themselves? Are you out of the zone where the Bilsteins ha- are designed with their JCO, which is the hy- interior hydraulic bump stop for your bump stop? Like, what's going to happen? Or do they use the full amount of travel, and you're just going to blow your fenders right off like that dude at whatever the in the old F-150 that blew up his entire bed with the burnout competition yes. that's been going around Instagram this right. week? Yeah. That's going to be you on the front end. So it won't because I think option three is calling our friends at Eibach who are just about to release or have released their new TRX kit and asking them this very question. How do you handle the JCO issue? And how do you handle full compression? Yeah. Because you don't want your vehicle to be less capable. So it's because it's progressive spring rate, they've got to limit the travel when no. it- uh, No. they can't. Interesting. You still need a bump stop regardless yeah. of what your spring is. Yeah. Unless the rate is so crazy that it doesn't go into that, but then you're not going to use that last half inch or three quarters of an inch of travel where your JCOs live? We're about to find out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I honestly- the, I push the dominoes and now I there's know. no stopping them. And I'm curious. Like I, I'm yeah. literally curious Like what happens when you do just a coil spring? What happens at full, at full compression? I don't know. You should ask that question. That's probably pretty important. Because you're fine like if you're yeah. going to roll Am I, I mean, Now, obviously, Geyser Brothers No. Yeah. Off-road trucks, right? Yeah. And, and I, I haven't seen the product. And so I, I would suspect that Eibach does as well. I'm honestly speaking from not knowing the product. I haven't seen them. I don't know. I haven't done the research. I'm, I'm, I'm not dealt. I'm not in. I'm in a different rabbit hole right now. I'm not in the TRX So, so what's hole. interesting is like this kind of blind, I, I'm going to this blindly without asking too many questions. It's kind of like customers come to me at banks and they're like, hey, what does this tuner do for my truck? And I'm concerned about will this harm my truck, et cetera. I have to tap into some technical knowledge and say, like, here's what this tuner does for your truck and here's what it does not do and here's why it will not yeah, harm. but the difference between them and you is you're not asking the questions. You're just going, I need one of these th- three things for my truck. Right. I'm being your voice of reason going, ask the question so you actually know how the product works. Absolutely. I mean, I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I, look, I went through, I didn't just 
look, the the guy said, Alex said it, HRE is like, I'll do the wheels. We want to be part of the program. Of and then I said, okay, well, let me check to f- make sure they'll fit the brakes right. because- Or I your can- option is run a 35 on a 20. That's exactly right. I mean, so worst case scenario, after you blow your fenders apart, you can just throw 35s <laughs> no, on it. A 35 on a 20 is not much sidewall. Nope. That, that I wouldn't be too thrilled with. I don't think I would run it. I do like the sidewall. I really enjoy that- the, the cush. Listen, I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate and once again, just trying to save you from yourself. That's all. I need saving often. I'm just, I, I want to make sure that you go in eyes wide open. I'm not telling you not to do it. It's yeah. your truck. Do whatever. Go rock off. That thing would be awesome on 37. Just realize that the ends of your performance envelope could potentially change. Right. So understand what that looks like. And if, is your spring contacting itself and coil bind now your new bump stop? I don't know. Yeah, that would be bad. So that's those are the things that you need well, to know. It is, it is two inches from what I understand. It's not massive. It's two inches in the front, uh, inch and a half in the rear. So again, I know that matters. Wait, but it's hold, not, what's inch and a half in the rear? New springs in the rear as well. So Ibach is doing all four springs. Uh, yeah, it's it's all four springs. I'll read you uh, what I found on uh, ram-trx.com. So Ibach has front level springs. These springs will bring up the front ride height to match the rear for a leveled look. These can be used with stock rear springs or the Eibach rear lift springs if the customer wants a factory rake look, right? Then they have the factory lift springs. These will raise the front 2.5 to 2.9 inches and are designed to pair with the Eibach rear springs. Unless Is there a you, control arm with it's those? It's funny, unless the guy, the guy writes here, unless you want the Carolina squat look. So, I mean, 2.9 sounds like a lot. Is, or is it going to come with an upper uh, control arm, or does the TRX ball joint have enough uh, Articulation? Room? I don't know. Again, okay. we're going to have to ask Ibach. We're going to have to get him on the show. Because, by the way, Ibach makes a whole lot of off-road applications beyond TRX, so I think you guys are going to be interested in that. And then they make the uh, the rear lift springs. These will raise the back of the truck approximately 1.4 inches and are designed to pair with the, either the Ibach front springs, uh, et cetera. So... They've got these different levels that they offer, so that's going to be interesting to explore. So uh, a couple of guys have done it already. I see a couple of trucks listed that are uh, on uh, prototypes. And do they look good? It looks great. They're red, which they say here they will not be offered in red. They're just mm-hmm. going to be black. Uh, but it looks good. I mean, unless you let, told let someone. Here, I'll flip it around here. Unless you told someone, I don't think anyone would recognize. No, it, does, it, it looks great. Yeah, so here's awesome. look at this red one right here. I don't think you'd realize that that's lifted. No, I could tell. Could you? Yeah, I could tell it's lifted. I, I'm just, I just want to make sure that it doesn't change the usability of your, uh, of your awesome suspension that comes on the thing. That's all. I don't want to mess with. Like, I really, that's one thing I'm not messing with. I mean, we had talked to Ryan Kibbe, and I'm not going to screw the Bill Steins. I'm really happy with those. They're going, they're going to stay no matter what. On uh, Holman, one last thing here. Guess yes. what arrived on a pallet? Uh, hot dogs. <laughs> a pallet of hot dogs? Yes. Damn, no, EGR, roll track, retractable tonneau cover. Nice. Yep, got that. And I watched the install video, and that's going to take me- All day. All What about day. your stealth box? Is that in now? Because I saw you- So bolting. that is in. So so I was going to talk about that, but I need you to hear it first. Okay. I freaking love it. I love it, but I want you to hear it. Yeah, because I it, is it, it was sound, mid-install when I saw it at your house. It's donezo, and it looks freaking great and mm-hmm. sounds even better. Okay. So uh, I don't have it here because I drove the uh, the AMG. So we will I'll bring it next time, and you'll hear it, and then you will give the review. Hmm. And I'll play some- uh, I'm going to play some, my music. Then. I'm going to play ska. I'll play some classical, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I'm going to rock you out with some uh, some hip-hop, some yeah. Jay-Z. Really? Yeah. You rock the bells? Yeah, I'm going to play uh, some, some Run DMC. 
All right. Well, speaking of upfitting your truck, I think our next guests have some products that uh, our listeners might be uh, interested to to hear more about, and uh, it has to do with tailgate functionality. Hello. Hello. Hey, Bill, Steve. How's it going? What's going, What's going on, on, guys? Lightning and Holman Truck Show podcast. Are we talking to the uh, the inventors of the GateKing.com? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. Hey, before we can talk to you, we have a quick intro, so do not move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. All right, so you guys are uh, the inventors of the Gate King, which is a uh, tailgate adjuster. And what's cool about it is it replaces the um, the supports for the tailgate, where you can lock it into basically any position along its ninety degrees of straight up to straight down. So if you're locking in, let's say, a motorcycle, an ATV. You can have the gate locked, but not latched into the bed. It can be at an angle, but secure. They have uh, they've solved the age-old problem. I mean, any guy with a dirt bike in a short bed has to leave the gate open. Back up for a minute and tell us how you got started, how this idea came about. Uh, this is Steve speaking. Um, we've been dirt bike riders our whole lives. Our father participated in uh, Baja races and in the industry for many, many years. Uh, he's been a machinist and a design engineer his whole life. As we got older, we were riding dirt bikes as well. And then we had kids and our kids started riding bikes. So as um, when they were younger, it was real easy. We have a six and a half foot bed on a Chevy Silverado. Uh, we would put my son's bike, I'd put it in the corner of the bed. And I would put my bike in the truck and pivot it over. And I could close my tailgate for many years. As his bike got bigger there was less and less room in the truck. Eventually his bike became a full-size bike and uh, we would strap, traditionally we would strap our tailgate up to about 45 degrees um, with a ratchet strap. And one time we were going riding and the the strap broke. Uh, When it broke, the the gear bag and the ramp actually slid out of the bed of the truck. We got to our destination and there was no no gear bag. Oops, so so you didn't even know it came out and you like, it got destroyed on the highway and messed up someone's bumper. We were gone. <laughs> so, uh, or somebody walked away with a really nice uh, set of ramps and a gear bag. Yep. So at the end of it, um, we started working on a, on a design. And out of the blue, you know, quick story, uh, a long story short, uh, our mom called us and said, hey, you know, do you have anything for your dad to do? He was retired. And we pulled him out of retirement. She, so she basically seven. said, he's bothering me in retirement. Please <laughs> give him an assignment and out of my kitchen. Uh, he needs homework. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, to, to so your point, I was going to interject really quick. Not only did your no. kids' bike get bigger, but as trucks and the passenger cabs, crew cabs, have expanded, the beds have actually gotten smaller, too. So there's sort of like two deltas. There's growing up with your kid as the equipment gets bigger, but also the newer trucks, if you stick to a regular short box, you got a pretty short bed these days. Yeah. Can I ask a dumb question, though, guys? Why didn't you just get a long bed? That's a great question because for daily driving and for just parking trucks, et cetera, it was already a crew cab, four-wheel drive, et cetera. The long bed just wasn't necessary at that, you know, for our daily routine. Uh, it was more of like, let's just go, you know, we would use it for, obviously, we're, we're truck owners, but 
we just didn't didn't feel the need to have to go buy a whole new truck uh, to go riding so you know just a handful of times a year or even more. But yeah, that's really why it was just out of convenience for our daily driving, going to the store, going to deliver parts here and there and other stuff and whatnot. Anyway, so the story just took off from there. My dad, uh, we pulled him out of retirement. We asked him for help on the design, and he invented the first uh, uh, tailgate adjuster, and we were able to take um, advantage of that. Uh, my son started college. Um, this is years later. Wrote the first business plan, and, and Bill and I uh, looked at the plan and decided, you know what, this is something that has legs. Uh, let's give it a shot. Here we are uh, six years later. We have... Uh, 10 patents on it for you. Wow. Oh my God. That's incredible. And we, uh, we have seven trademarks and, uh, and the product, um, we, we launched it right before SEMA or at SEMA of 19. It took off. We had a great couple of months and then COVID hit. Yes, so, it did. Yep. Yep. And it hit everybody. It hit everybody pretty hard. And as a new product, it was a cut, kind of bad timing, but you know, you live and learn. And, uh, we were able to get through the last, um, about 16 months of somewhat hardship. And then we bounce, we're bouncing back really, really strong. Now the last 12 months have been extraordinary. Um, and we're being picked up by a lot of big box retailers and it's going really well. Well, it's a, it's a great product because it packages well for the shelf. So it's small, it's easy to ship and it, it provides it a, a tremendous amount of functionality. And it looks like you guys have applications for, of course, the GMs, the Silverado and Sierra, uh, Colorado mm-hmm. and Canyon, Ram, uh, Ford F-150s and, and Super Duties, Gladiators, Gladiator, Tacoma, yep. Tundra. And you guys go back as far as 2000. So you have quite a uh, a spread of applications for these. And the beauty of them is they're designed, obviously, right here in the USA, but you make them here in the USA. I love the fact that they're ratcheting and can completely lock to be secure at any angle you need the tailgate to be. That's I think that's huge for a lot of truck owners who, to your point, don't want stuff flying out the back and want to have that secured storage but need to temporarily uh, lengthen the amount of cargo that uh, they can carry. Absolutely. And as a result of the whole moto industry and why we made them, a um, lot of riders obviously have real jobs. <laughs> and so um, they would go pick up you know, lumber, if they're construction guys, if they're doing other types of, um, uh, you know, if they're using their truck for just about everything else other than riding, um, we're finding out that there's a lot of reasons why people use the Gate King. And one of the reasons, of course, is you, if you pick up lumber, yeah, it forces all the load. You can, you know, you can ratchet your tailgate up about 35 degrees and it keeps that top layer of, of you know, um, drywall or whatnot from sliding out when you take off at a green light, it forces all the load to the towards the cab of the truck, keeping it you know nice and secure. As a result of that, we now actually sell out of Home Depot as well, which is really kind of nice. Oh wow, that, that that's a huge get for you guys. I mean, that's to be in a big box store like that, and and obviously, lots of uh, uh, customers sitting there in the Home Depot parking lot who are exactly who you want to see your product, right? I, I mean, when you guys started, you kind of had the moto side in mind. Who have you figured out that your customers are? I would imagine that it's probably people beyond the motorcycle uh, motorcycle crowd. Way beyond the motor the moto crowd is a hundred percent locked in, dialed in. We have a lot of great influencers, uh, great writers that are just all around about the product. They love it. They were they're very supportive. It's a great, great, great industry. By pure transition of you know life, there's so many people that drive trucks across the U.S. that don't ride moto. But they maybe they tow 
We also learned through several trailer companies that are now ordering our product. If you put your tailgate at 45 degrees, you don't run the risk of hitting the jack when you lower your trailer, when you lower your tailgate the whole way down. So the, the trailer jack usually gets in the way. And you'll see a lot of times you'll be driving down the highway, you'll see a, a tailgate with a big dent right oh, in the yeah. middle of it. Yeah, we've seen yeah, it. We, we've, we've done it. <laughs> no, I have not done it. You've done it. Oh, I meant it's been done before is what I meant <laughs> to say. done it, yes. No, no. Light, light, yeah. Lightning, not so much. Obviously, congratulations on Home Depot and the big box. That is massive to get into. I want to go back and rewind again for a second because you had to have been stunned when you started doing your patent research that someone hadn't already done something like this, that General Motors or Ford back in the 70s hadn't done something like this, right? It, that was Sorry, this is Bill. That was one of the biggest compliments that we got uh, we had the opportunity to take this to Ford and actually show the engineers at Ford. Uh, early on, we were very lucky to know a few people. And, and as the product just took off so quickly, we took it to them and they give you just about three minutes to look at your product and then tell you what they think of it. And then they send you off your way. So they got their own and, shark tank. Uh, yeah, right. Like exactly. Own, exactly. Um, so just the story goes 45 minutes later, uh, the engineers were still looking at it, and as they were walking away from the truck, they were looking back, just kind of like shaking their heads. So it was a real compliment to our our dad, and we're we're very proud of our our father and 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 Steve as a visionary, and and just as a as a family, we're very proud to to know that yeah, we we kind of put something out there that gave everybody that aha moment. And like Steve said, we have some influencers that are still saying, you know, why didn't I think about this? I would have loved to have been part of invested early on this thing, you know. But um, we got a ways to go, but we're very thankful for, uh, you know, getting some eyes, you know, kind of acknowledging, like you're saying, that that this is one of those ideas. Well, as, pr- know, as proud as uh, as you guys are of your dad, your mom's even more proud of you guys, mostly because you got your dad out of the house. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <so> yeah. <laughs> what's uh, guys, what's dad's background? Is it aerospace? I mean, when you look at the Gate King, it's clearly something that could have had a home in a jet. I mean, it, it's that well designed. Yeah, he is a design engineer and a prototype engineer. So growing up, we got to see him create things. And he was the guy that you went to, and he would be the one that says, nothing's impossible, let's see what we can do. But interesting to say that, we use Kromali steel and aerospace-level steel in those parts. I mean, it's that kind of a caliber, that kind of a level of, of uh, design. Uh, that's Which is incredible because the price is right. I mean, you would expect it to be more expensive than they are, but uh, a pair for you know under two hundred fifty bucks is is pretty affordable considering the amount of value and functionality that you get out of the product. Well, I mean, what did his gear bag and ramp cost? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like you that, lose it, that one time and you've paid for him. Oh yeah, and you and oh, it's yeah. not just your gear; it's your kids' gear. And it's now you got to take them to get refitted. Like, oh, oh my god. How easy are these to install? If we've got a listener saying, well, I'm really interested in this. I can see the value of my own life. You're essentially replacing the tailgate cables. What's that process like? Does it involve a lot of tools? Do you have to drill? You know, what's what's the upgrade like? It takes 35 hours, Holman. Yeah, <laughs> we made it very really, simple. Yeah. That's a really great yeah. question. That The answer is really simple. We actually matched... The tailgate, the gate king will go on any truck with its existing bolt pattern of the cables. So we, all we did was literally matched every single truck. So when you set, take a set of cables off the truck, whether it's a GM, a Ram, a Ford, or a Toyota, um, and Nissan as well is coming real soon, 
you take the cable off one side, you put our product on, we follow the same bolt pattern. There's no drilling, tapping, or wiring at all involved. It'll take about 10 minutes total to put them on. The, the number one quote we get from mechanics at service centers is it takes longer to find the, the, the tools. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Uh, that's. Uh, we've got a crowd here I, in the studio audience. I think uh, um, <laughs> we've lightning. We've got a crowd here. I know it. Thank it took you. a minute. I All had right. to go get them. They were back. Oh, in we the had lobby. to open the door. Yes. Come yes. on in. Yeah. The guy in the back's really excited. Give it up. Give it up, Big King. Woo! <laughs> oh, hey, that that guy's a ringer. He already has it on his truck over there. <laughs> We also want to mention we do provide all the new hardware and everything. So we provide all the bolts, all the bushings, everything. So you have a whole new set of uh, hardware. And my understanding is from watching the videos online and kind of stalking your influencers, there's a satisfying (laughs) click that happens when you use the product where it, it clicks to let you know that it's engaged and that it's secure. And I would just play with that all day long and I would just put them up and 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 forth and down. Yeah. What about the uh, these newfangled uh, tailgates that are powered? Is is this something that will is compatible with any of the power tailgates, or is it just for the manual ones? Great question. Yes, they've been tested. Uh, Ford tested. We've had it uh, actually clocked where it does not affect any of the OEM slow assist uh, going up or down uh, mechanisms. Those are built inside the hinge of the tailgate, so they don't affect. Uh, hey, the they're going. Oh, they're going nuts! Uh, they're again. excited all over again. I'm sorry. Man, they are really jazzed on this product. Very excitable audience, yes. They love the tailgates. (laughs) That's enough of that. We did put out a a, a call to all tailgate enthusiasts, and that's Mm -hmm. who showed up today. Yeah, they're in the back room here. Absolutely. We call them in when when needed. (laughs) Well, dude, uh, this is great. The question, though, I think is guys are listening to this episode in their trucks, driving down the highway. They go, this sounds great, but how much weight will it hold? Can I put my fat ass on the tailgate with? You I don't, know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's what they're, they may be thinking that. I don't think they're verbalizing No, they're saying like it out loud. Their fat out ass loud. on yeah. the tailgate? Yes, okay, let's check to their, to their wife. Okay. Honey, can I, I wonder if no, I can put my easy, fat easy, ass no, on no, this that's thing. Not, no, no, theirs. No, no, they're right, not talking about the wife. Easy. Yes. Easy. We just want to know how much weight the uh, gate king will hold. That's so, all we're trying to do oh, here. In the open position, it'll definitely hold a lot more weight than any truck can hold. Um, we tested one arm in the open position. They held over 9,000 pounds. Oh, my so god! That, well, that seems overkill. Well, that, like well, more than was, the dude I'm talking about. Yes. That in the ratcheted position, in its most vulnerable position, which is about 45 degrees, in stagnant weight, it'll hold over 2,000 pounds. Um, so, again, you don't want to really do that because the tailgates right now are made out of aluminum. So you got to be really careful with the actual truck, but it will—it's—it's it's superior. It'll you'll break the tailgate of- before you'll break <laughs> the gate king, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very important. Yeah, no, That's no. an endorsement. <laughs> we recommend about a couple hundred pounds, and again, it depends on how well you secure your load. If it, if loads are jumping up and down and whatnot, you don't want to damage the truck. So we always say tie everything down properly. Make sure that you're 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 well secured i mean regardless of it the tailgate being up it adds a layer of security it works great we've driven with an empty bed you know twenty thousand miles we've tested it it works outstanding but regardless we always tell people to be very conscientious of how they carry their load now you guys have talked about um them being made from aircraft grade steel how durable are they for people who live in the rain and snow and places like that like salted roads yeah, so we use a process called E-Coat, and it's the same as the undercarriage of every car in America. It's all the OEM standards. So the black frame of every car 
that's what we use to coat the product. Um, and uh, there's more technical terms behind it all, but um, basically we just follow OEM standard. Uh, we've weather tested it, strength tested it, and repetition tested it, and we passed everything with flying colors with Ford Motor Company. We are a Ford authorized supplier now. Wow, good, good oh for you guys. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you guys, uh, are, do you hail from Huntington Beach? Is that what I understand from my man Lightning here? Yeah, we, we have a, uh, sale, a small sales office in Huntington Beach, but we fulfill out of Chino Hills, California, and the parts come in from everywhere from out in Detroit, Tier 1 manufacturers, to right here in our backyard in Chino, Santa Fe Springs, and uh, uh, out in the Compton area in the industrial parks. Well, the reason I so, ask is I hail from Huntington Beach, and I was just proud of you guys that you're from my hometown doing uh, doing the Lord's work for uh, truck owners. Local boy done good, is Absolutely. what you're saying? Exactly. <laughs> well, I love that you, you guys, you found a problem and solved it, and not only do you solve it, like you're going to share it with the world. It's cool. It's the entrepreneurial spirit. Dad had a, another last amazing hurrah. He's got to be loving the fact that you guys took it to market. He didn't just make something, but you took it to market. And, and were successful and got yeah. on an OE program and are listed as a supplier for and, said OE. I mean, it's huge. And made it to the Truck Show podcast. Well, you know of saying? course. You know, <laughs> yeah. Millions of people <laughs> will be uh, begging on your door yeah. uh, next Monday when they hear this. Well, I this think- This is uh, definitely one of the pinnacles. <laughs> oh, everyone's proud again. Yeah, proud yeah right there, they hear him. Give it up for Steven and Phil! <laughs> American right. entrepreneurs at its finest. One last question because yep. uh, this is something that plagues truck owners. You don't think that we've worn out our welcome with them? Well, we have, but I'm still going to ask one more question. <laughs> okay. Because right. uh, this is the type of thing that truck owners want to know. Can you still use these with those uh, anti theft uh, security bolts? For tailgates. Oh, the McGuard things? Well, anything. I mean, does it make, yeah. you know, because I don't want my tailgate and my uh, my gate king stolen at the Ooh, same time. Yeah. We actually provide in the kit as well with the set of gate kings. We also provide a clamp. It's just a small clamp, but it does work as an anti-theft tool as well. So, yes, you can use it with the McGuard. You can use it with any other off-brand. It doesn't affect it at all. Um, and then we also provide one in the box. It's a clamp that you could put on as well. And we do that. We provide that with every kit because obviously there's a lot of value in these tailgates these days, and we don't want customers losing them. That's awesome, guys. And in all seriousness, this is a this is a great product that is uh, you know right up the alley for our audience. If you guys are interested in the Gate King, you want to go to thegateking.com, or you can follow these guys at gateking underscore USA. Again. Uh, Stephen, Bill, congrats on the success, the idea, working, I mean, family business, working with your dad. I think this hits everything, including made in America, uh, OE quality. I mean, I, I don't think there isn't a box that you haven't checked. So for all of our uh, truck-owning uh, listeners, which is well, all of you, uh, definitely uh, check these guys out because it's a product that will make your truck more and, useful. And you know what? I think we need to see this in person, in air quotes, at Four Sons Brewing at some point. I think we need to meet up for some beers in Huntington. I'd be happy to do that. I, I, I know one of the Four Sons, so I can get I, us around a beer. That's why I brought Handle. it up. Yeah, exactly. And I, and there, anytime. anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out because uh, I'm literally I, – I, I'm a HB uh, local. Basically, they're my entire life, so uh, I'm probably just down the street from you. We're here as well. Awesome. <laughs> TheGateKing.com. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Thanks Thank so much. You. you got it. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Holman, uh, I got a nasty letter from uh, AOL. It says we've received too much mail, and we need to uh, we need to read it and then delete it. AOL said that? <laughs> no. Uh, sorry, Excite Mail. No, Netscape. Yeah, I don't think any of that's true. No, it's Earthlink. Oh, yeah, that's our oh. uh, email provider. Sure. <laughs> You email? Yeah. 
so funny when I uh, see an address from like live.com or one of those, you know, email providers from like, my wife still has AOL. The, the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why do you still have AOL? I don't know. I don't know. They just uh, they just like it, and I guess it's like uh, you know the way yeah. you get attached to a license plate or something, yeah, you know? or like an Instagram handle. Yeah, well, still trying to figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, I got mine. I ordered mine. Uh, did you get what I told you to get? I got. Uh, are you going to tell it on the air? I'm going to tell it on the air, and if I don't get it, I'll tell you that I didn't get it. Uh, but I applied for. Well, so if you applied for, it, you got it. I applied for it. Yep. Y U M Y space G A S. Yummy gas. Yummy gas. Thank you to Holman for that one. You're welcome. Because it's uh, the best I've seen so far is 13 and a half miles per gallon. I've narrowed mine down to three, and uh, I just I can't decide. I can't and decide. you're not going to tell us what they are because you don't want them to no, get stolen. No, because somebody will steal it before I can put it in. So Because uh, what if one of our listeners actually got- uh, Yummy gas? No, Dust Devil. Because remember, you came up with Dust Devil. I was re- I, I was excited about it. We didn't and talk about then, it until after it was taken, though. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, wasn't our, got it like, our, uh, our listeners wouldn't do that. Just you don't they think love so? Us. Yeah, they love us. No. I, I can tell by all this email. They love us. Okay. That, they might like you. I don't know if they like me. Yeah, us. <laughs> Subject line is no from Brandon Clark. Hey, guys, here are some no bits from my two-year-old daughter, Harley, for truck news. Love the show. I'm a FedEx delivery guy in Nebraska, and I've been uh, down some super sketchy roads in a big box van, a Freightliner P1000 with a Cummins. Hashtag the G is silent, uh, or the jizzlent, as Holman likes to say. <laughs> uh, I would like to know what is the sketchiest vehicle you've seen out wheeling and or you've uh, taken down a road you shouldn't have. Thank you very much, Brandon. And uh, here's his daughter. No. <laughs> no. No way. Oh, oh I like no that way. one. Yeah. No. You know what's funny? Those sound like you. No way. There's a lot of them. Hey, Lady, oh, no. you come in the studio on time? No, no way. No way. I like that one. Yeah. No way. No way. Those are great. Uh, I will uh, I will use those. Those are fantastic. Sketchiest uh, truck or Jeep or vehicle you've been down a trail in Holman. Oh, that one's easy. Uh, if you remember Four-Wheeler Magazine back in the day, we had a project called uh, TLJ, which was a teal-colored TJ. And it eventually became what we, we called Teal Bruce when uh, we turned it into an AEV brute down the line. But when it was still TLJ, it had this really funky Fabtech three uh, link Y rear suspension, short wheelbase, and we had just done a hemi swap on it. And I was fairly new to four wheeler at the time. So this was probably like 2004 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we were in Moab and doing one of the, the toughest trails. You can start out on Moab Rim. One of the guys handed me the keys. Said, "Yeah, you take the uh, take TLJ out there." I'm like, "Oh, great, cool! I get to take one of the company cars up uh, Moab Rim, and it's mm-hmm. a a built TJ on I don't know, it was 38s at the time. So you were not fearful. I was not even familiar with the vehicle. I just thought I was no, taking no, a Jeep. fearful. No, I understood what you said. Oh, okay, no, I I didn't know any better. <laughs> and so I started driving up Moab Rim, and I put it in uh, low range, and I realized very quickly that we had an Atlas four to one transfer case in it, which meant that the Hemi in a four to one that the brakes were not strong enough to stop it. So the oh. slowest I could go was two miles an hour. And Which is if, probably too fast. And if you are familiar with Moab Rim, going up's not the problem. Coming down is, especially the Z-turn, where if you F up and fall off the cliff, not only do you fall 500 feet to your death, but you go through some power lines on your way down to the highway below where you will be punted by a truck into the Colorado River and drowned. <laughs> and so, oh, my God, that sounds awful. The other thing was I couldn't even shift the transmission 
in and out of gear in neutral because at that point we had a Tuffy Center console and the person who did the swap obviously didn't have the bugs figured out yet. And the cable mounted shifter or the mm-hmm. cable controlled shifter was C clamped to the Tuffy Center console and was binding. And so the transmission was bound up. I couldn't go from reverse, neutral, or drive. It was stuck in drive. And the brakes weren't slow enough or weren't um, heavy duty enough to slow it down below two miles an hour. And that was probably the most scared I've ever been off road. Really? So d- how close did you get to the edge? There's no choice. The, the trail is on the edge. No, but I mean, did you, were you out of tire, like going over no, the- No, I mean, the, you're like three feet from the edge. Like you mess up and you go down. At two <laughs> miles an hour, stuff happens really fast. It was not my favorite wheeling trip ever. And I handed the keys back and she threw it at the guy. I said, you know, fix this and don't ever, you know, put anyone in it again. Were you really like disturbed? Were you- Yeah, I had it up on two wheels at one point. Yeah, that thing was, uh, was crazy. It was, uh, the rear suspension would unload and pop you over, and then you get a gnarly weight transfer. Meanwhile, you couldn't slow down, and the, the brakes wouldn't stop it, and it was, uh, yeah, I'm not. For people that don't wheel, I can't imagine that they would understand why two miles an hour seems fast, but mm. when you're going over that type of terrain. Let me let me show you. Oh, you've got a photo. No, I'll just show you a picture of Moab Rim Trail so that you can see. Okay. What it is I speak of. All right. Hold on. So you're going down stuff like that. Oh, oh, wow. So these are like, I would call these waterfalls, or is that not fair yeah, to call it a waterfall? waterfall stair steps. Okay. Probably stair steps. Oh, my God. But Two miles ledges, an hour is, is way too but fast. But the ledges that. are probably 48 inches tall. Oh, my Lord. I would think you're going to go like so here's this, here's an the, eighth of a mile. Here's the turn on the edge. Yeah. And that's the view from up there. Okay. Obviously, yeah, beautiful aw- view. Awesome. And that's how close. In fact, I thought that picture might have been me. Actually, you are that that Jeep but is on the edge. That's the edge, and that's the below. So imagine not being able to slow down. Yeah, that's scary. That's Ooh. you. I mean, you're you're talking hundreds of feet. Uh, I'll pass. Yeah, I'll pass. Here, and here's I, a good know, picture. You know what's more comfortable? That guy is at the that? edge. Okay. You know what's more uncomfortable is to be the passenger. When the driver is barely in control. Yeah, you have to you have to be able to trust the uh, driver for Oof. sure. You know what I say to that? No. <laughs> That's what I, I figured say. as much. Yeah. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you read? No. I'm just nope. giving you a, a way to use that. Right I there. appreciate that. I right, got this uh, email from Eric Davis. It says, uh, check this out, Sean. Uh, this should help you with your California pompousness. Plus, would be pretty sweet on your 392. And he sends me a link. And uh, the link is actually uh, pretty cool. So it's a, a company called Redtail Overland. And I've, I actually had some pretty good conversations. I want to get them on the show. And, in fact, they invited me out to uh, Colorado to test their product. It's a uh, go-fast campers style, like, uh, rooftop tent. Okay. But like, a, like an A-shape? Yeah. It's an, a wedge is what they wedge. call it. Wedge. Okay. And uh, you guys need to go to uh, redtailoverland.com and check it out. It's made all out of uh, carbon fiber. It's super light, and it all folds into itself with panels. There's no soft sides or anything like that. And it's got electricity and lighting. Oh wow! It and, looks and yeah. on this van they have a hole cut in the middle of the ladder so you can that looks like up. it wouldn't even collapse. It's so like a, rigid. It's like right. a house of cards. There's solar on it. Yeah, the the whole thing is is super rad. Carbon but, fiber. The whole thing yeah. probably weighs hundred pounds. And you fold these in, and you fold the sides in, and the whole thing collapses on itself. Well, that's kind of novel. Yeah, it's no, it's really cool. I, we got to well, have him on the wild show. That uh, it took someone this long to make a, a rooftop tent out it, of carbon it, fiber. It's basically a hard sided rooftop tent. Which, if you think about that, is actually pretty freaking cool. So I've got to imagine that is a an $8,000 tent. Oh, no, no, no. 
Oh, I'm no, under. Yo, uh, yeah, you're way under. So you're thinking, what, are you telling me 15 grand? So this has- Oh my God, please don't say here, 15 grand. Think of also, hard-sided carbon fiber construction, insulated, dual-pane windows, 380- Dual-pane windows. 380- It's an apartment. Does it come with a jacuzzi? 380 watts of solar, 60 amp-hour lithium battery bank, integrated diesel heater, you can secure it with locking doors and windows. So if Wait you go hiking or whatever, you can lock up your tent. Wait, hold, stop, stop, stop. No, Where no, are they no, going with diesel me. heater? Where are they getting the- this? Stop for a second. Let, let me tell you. I'm not even done telling you go all ahead. the accoutrement of this. The what? The accoutrement that you will need. Accoutrement. Super fast step and breakdown. No more wrinkled canvas to tuck. Dimmable interior and exterior LED lighting. USB N110 outlets, a large high flow fan. And that's just the start of it. Basically, it takes 30 seconds to put up or down. It has uh, space for bedding when it's closed. You can put it on top of, you know, an expedition or a sprinter or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's your typical size. And if you look at the detail photos, like, look at that. Look how beautiful the inside is. It looks like an RV on the inside, even though it's wedged. That is bizarre. So where your feet would go, that's wasted space everywhere else, yeah. is like storage. And then it's all, like, trimmed on the inside with, like, carpet on the headliner and, and all that. How did they fit all that in there? Isn't that beautiful? You know what this is? This is Doctor Who's phone booth. It's sort of like that, right? Like it, you, it's it's a whole entire room inside of a space that can't possibly exist in that given square footage. Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, it's not uh, inexpensive, and does uh, it have a price? It does, and if you have to ask, you can't afford it. I know. I need to. I need to know. Uh, I'm is... gonna. I gotta reach out to them again and see if we can get them on no, the show. But hold on. The price for something like that is very expensive. Why can't you say? It's because they haven't officially announced it, and so I'm not going. Oh, so it doesn't say on the website. No. Oh. Okay. No. 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 This is this is the prototype that they did, and they're ramping up for, for production. And I don't want to get ahead of their announcement by uh, telling them. I get it. That's fair enough. Okay. It, I it, thought it was on the website. And think you were of it this way. Boy. It's an RV. No. 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 Let me put it this way. It's an overlanding trailer on top of your vehicle, and it doesn't weigh much more than your standard rooftop tent because it's made out of carbon fiber. It's an amazing. overlanding trailer on top of your truck. Yep. Huh. So Redtail Overland, check it out. It, watch the videos and stuff. It's it's really, really freaking rad. Like when you look at it. But I mean, for for the price you're talking about, it, I would hope it's rad. It's, you can buy another car. Yeah, I mean for sure. So uh, Ty Tatro is uh, the co-founder, uh, and you can see him in some of the videos. But it's it's super rad. So so check it out. Give him some love. I'll, I'll reach out to Ty and see if we can get him on uh, on the podcast. I would love to talk to him because yeah. it's it's. It's taking the same concept everybody else has and elevating it. You know, you watch the cooking shows and they're like, "No rice and beans." Let's, no, you know, I want you to elevate it. No, I don't watch okay. the cooking well, shows. I do. So if okay. you if you watch like Top Chef or Food Network Star or any of those, it's always about taking like the simple concept and elevating it with like gourmet. That's what he's done with this rooftop tent, and it's really rad. I'll, I'll hit up Ty. We got, we got to get Ty on the show because I, I think I think from an entrepreneur standpoint, you guys would dig his story because he's actually been involved in other products. Do you know and stuff. him? Yeah, a little, I mean a little bit. I mean okay. I've met him. He's a buddy of our friend Graham from Go Fast. Oh, so they're competitors. They're competitors, but they're also friends. I wouldn't huh. even say they're friends of me. So Graham introduced me. He's like, dude, you got to check out this guy's awesome rooftop tent. That's bizarre. Yeah, the, the, but Graham seems like he's the kind of guy that would want to do something out of carbon fiber as well. I will. You know, maybe they will. I, all I'm saying is they are they're cool. Huh? Okay. Episode 244 from Trevor. Uh, hey, did anyone else burst out at the irony of the New Jersey EPA email when they said? Quote, nevertheless, it is your property to handle as you see fit. Close quote. Holy shit. I wish I could beat that guy over the head with that irony club. Y- yeah. That's interesting. I yeah. guess we, we, we kind of just glossed right over that. But 
that was uh, so. Should we recap for people? Mike Siebold out of New Jersey put his uh, deleted his deleted RAM up for sale on Facebook Marketplace. That was the only place that he listed it, only to get a letter in the mail from the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. And they said, uh, you can't be selling uh, a vehicle that has had its emission systems tampered with. And you either need to- And he said, watch me. You need to either return it to stock or crush it. And he thought they were joking, and they weren't. They weren't so joking. Guess what? He crushed well, it. He couldn't. Well, he couldn't return it to stock. He couldn't find the DPF, and it was super expensive. And so he decided to crush EGR it. EGR system, with, all that, yep. with a bunch of um, stuff spray painted on the side, which yeah. you can find online. So then, what Trevor was talking about here is that in the final letter from the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection to Mike Siebold, they said. You know, here's what we recommend, although it's your truck to do with what you want, which is BS because Because it's not because it's not because they're telling you what to do with it. So that was the irony. And isn't it ironic? Don't you think? All right. I got one here from Dakota Black. He says, hey, there, Lighting and Holman. Long time. No email. Been a while since I've messaged in. Anyway, I just listened to the latest episode talking about EGR's products. And you mentioned Corey's post of the dirty trucks. You mentioned that the real story is just that the vehicles are being shipped to a non-low sulfur fuel area, and I just had to laugh. So yeah, you and Corey and a bunch of other people. Listen, uh, Corey and I got into it on online because I had posted. And I said, hey, listen, just so you know, I'm adding to the conversation. This is this is the reason. We looked into it, and we heard from Ford representatives, and this is the reason. He's like, yeah, ha, 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 yeah, you know, it's you know, corruption runs deep. I'm like, all right, I'm not going down that road. Listen, I'm not saying yes or no. You know, I'm like, Corey, you know I'm on your side. You know that you know we're cut from the same cloth and how we view the world. I'm just adding in from a journalist side. You posted something. It was a little bit out of context. You could still be right, but I'm just setting the record straight. Did you say those words to Corey? That yeah. You could, okay. Yeah, I'm like, you could still be right. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just letting everybody know this is the official word that I got when we looked into it a little bit deeper. So Corey and I went back and forth on it for a little while. He realized that I wasn't disputing that his facts of corruption and and big corporate and all this other stuff, whatever, he realized that I was just saying, listen, I got some more information. I'm just throwing it in here because the original post was a little bit misleading on the surface because it made it sound like, you know, it was Americans who did it, blah, 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 but the Canadian government bought it and why it's going to Ukraine and whatever. And I'm like, dude, you could still be right with all the corrupt, but, but let's get the basic story right that we can agree on. And so there's some back and forth, and then I, I got lit up on on it. So apparently uh, Dakota's uh, you know, lighting me up now. Imagine what these other countries think of us, that we have to overcomplicate these diesel trucks with these insanely expensive systems, whether that's just maintenance or full-on repairs. All the while, they're reaping the full benefits of these engines with no limitations. Dude, I get it. We're not ag- – listen, we're not – against you on this. We're just telling you the reality of the world is that there are regulations. We could hate the regulations and think they're total crap and BS, but the reality is you could still go to jail. You could still end up with millions of dollars of fines. That's, well, that, that's, that's our point. We were saying this because they were, when Corey finally negotiated with the government is when they said, we're going to go after you civilly. Yeah. Okay, civilly, and we're going to put you in prison. Yeah, so criminally and, 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 and civilly. Criminally and civilly. And, and then that's when his attorney said, okay, well, now we need yeah. to play yeah. like serious ball. That's my point. So Dakota continues, working in an independent repair shop, you would not believe the numbers of diesels I work on that ultimately end up useless just due to needing a module for the DEF system, and they end up parked for extended periods of time due to lack of inventory of these modules reports. Uh, yes, I would believe that. Yeah, I do. Been, I- Listen, we hear about it all the time. I've been a proponent of. I honestly think the de- the death of the diesel system is all the after treatment, all the stuff we hang off of it. 
it, they're less reliable. They're the maintenance intensive, and that's all part of these regulations. I agree with you. I do understand. I know why people remove DEF. I'm not saying save the children, keep your emissions. No, I'm saying don't go to jail and owe the government millions of dollars. Like there's some stuff you just have to go. Like, well, I'm not going to die on that hill. Like I, I rather mean, look, it's, it's listen, our, I rather go dude, and it's our government, by the way. It's our freaking government. Like if you disagree listen, with it, elections have consequences. Go yeah, out and vote. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Anyway, he says how infuriating uh, that you spend all that money on this re- quote unquote reliable work truck, and not even a mechanical failure happens, but is but a part fails that has no replacement in the near future, and now you have to scrounge up cash to buy another vehicle just to continue working. It's no wonder these small engineering outfits manage to develop methods of deleting these diesels and allowing drivers to utilize their vehicles to their po- full potential. A while back, you mentioned that Toyota was in the process of developing a diesel engine that did not. Require Require the use of SERDEF. Was there any news? I actually think it was Mazda. And no. no, no, it was Toyota. Oh, well, there's both of them. Okay. But they, yeah. Toyota is the one that uh, Gail Banks talked about um, in one of his podcasts that Toyota has filed for a patent so, uh, to to perfect the combustion process, which, by the way, so we talked about on the show before that Knox is really the big culprit here. They're not just trying to get rid of soot. Soot is bad, yeah. but they're trying to get rid of Knox, which is NOx. Okay. That's the stuff that is invisible, it's odorless colorless and it adheres to lung tissue and cannot be removed it doesn't just go away it's part of your lung tissue to forever and and i'm not saying that that i like or dislike it i'm saying that it is bad it's it's provable through science and doctors and my point is that toyota is trying if you reduce the cylinder temp you produce less knox so when you get a tuner that's bad and they just turn up the fuel right they run it really rich the cylinder temps go up Knox output goes through the roof, and the government hates you. Okay, so it, Toyota is out there trying to figure out how do we combust well, it, l- all of the let, fuel properly yeah, and, but and lower all these l- things, all, right? I mean, that's, that's for lack of a better purpose, it's all vaporware until something happens. Sure, true. They had the opportunity to put that kind of diesel in the Tundra, and that's what Mike Swears, the, the you know chief engineer of Tundra, wanted, and he ended up with a hybrid because they're like, you're not getting the diesel. And hybrid was the best bet. The problem was the is, next is best place diesel for. is the scapegoat for it all, right? Yeah. I mean, diesel is, and it partly is because all these dumbasses are rolling coal for well, a couple of and years. They, and diesels used to be super dirty too, right? I mean, listen, I don't well, want to. Every, every Peterbilt puke yeah. smoke, right? Listen, when we were I don't. Kids. I, yeah, I don't want to breathe bad air, and I don't want my kids to either. But I think there's a balance. Like I also don't, you know, think that you should regulate a technology into death when you still need that technology to have commerce and an economy. But I also don't like the freaking dumbasses that blast grandma at the bus stop and giggle about it because I think you're just that's, you're just being a jackass. It's just you know? as bad as the dude it's, with a freaking TRX well, dude, sitting in the charging station. Dude, I ran, I ran Diesel Power Magazine for a couple of years. I was the editor-in-chief there. And my whole point was I don't want to hasten our own demise. So we're not talking about deletes. We're not talking about any of that kind of stuff. We're going to start looking for clean diesel because I wanted to set a good, good example. Look at Clint at ATS where he has developed tunes with DPF on so that you can get more power out of your diesel. Like let's start being smart. We're smart people. Let's play within the rules so that we can all have fun. But if you're blatant about it and you get caught, it's bad for every, you know, all of us. So I'm talking to Michael Cochran, who's the one of the head engineers at Duramax at the plant in Moraine, Ohio. He said that one of the main reasons that the Duramax engine has increased in horsepower over the whatever it is, eight generations of the engine, he attributes that to emissions equipment. I was like, wait, how, how are you drawing that correlation? And because they had to overcome 
the emissions equipment, they had to continue to add horsepower, and it forced them to refine well, their well, tech. Well, what you're saying is you put a bunch of stuff that plugs the back end of the, the engine, yep. you have to make more horsepower to overcome Somewhat, that. yes. So they had to make a better engine to get the power the consumers were wanting in the steps forward while still having all the emissions equipment. So and it made them better engineers yes, because and, they were forced to have novel solutions to play within the rules. And the cleaner it ran. So the cleaner mm-hmm. it ran, the more power they were making, the freer it was breathing. Mm-hmm. All those things combined made a better engine. Yeah. So- I don't know. He says, like, look, it forced us into being better, right? I don't know. It's kind of like those athletes you see well, that are they're like I, on a mechanical I get, leg, right? I get that. You know I, mean? I think I think that's that's val- you know that's a valuable point. I think it's great that it forced them into being better, but at the end of the day, somebody should be making the after treatment more reliable and better. The last last thought on that is that a lot of people think that the government said you have to use. SCR. No, the government sets standards. That's all. That's it. All they have to do is figure out how to meet those. Bingo. Standards. That's exactly and right. So the engines that were in the transitional period, the first generation of SCR and DPF, we talked about it before, were awful. Those early trucks like sucked down. DPF. Dude, if you had a, yeah. if you had Duramax and LMM or yeah. an, or an LML, like it's just they they yeah. suffered because of it. Yeah. And all these forty year old men around the country that had those diesel trucks, Duramax comes yeah. whatever, they had real real problems. If you go yeah. and buy a twenty two Duramax right now. You ain't having problems. I mean, the percentage is so low. Yeah. The problems with the F and SCR. Well, we've all we've all You're marched on a little bit, right? Right. All right. I got uh, one from Ray here. He says, uh, "Requiem for Eco Diesel." Hey, Lighting and Holman, I'm thinking it might be worth half an episode of TSP to say goodbye to the Eco Diesel and Ram half tons. I know it got a bad rap with the unfortunate factory specified oil too thin problem at introduction, and then of course Eco Diesel Gate, which uh, I lay more at the feet of Bosch than Ram, but of course the buck stopped with Ram. From which the Eco Diesel never recovered. It seemed like the Gen Three Eco Diesel has all the bugs worked out of it, but apparently. Apparently too little, too late. Anyhow, we I wouldn't say it's too little, too late. I would say that priorities of the company have moved on. You look at GM, they still have their straight six diesel that's going to be soldiering on. I don't know. I, I think he does have a point here. I think that they they had they got so far behind so quickly that they just couldn't catch up. Like at the end of the day, the bean counters right in in uh, Michigan are going. We're not selling enough of these things. No, it doesn't make no. sense. I, I I think it has to do with the merger to make Stellantis with Peugeot and Peugeot being big on EVs is, the, is what is killing diesel early. That and some of the regulations and, and whatnot. Obviously, Ford already killed their diesel at But F-150. if the EcoDiesel was selling like hotcakes, they wouldn't be clipping it. I mean, remember- well, Then why are they why are they going to clip 392? But remember it's selling like hotcakes too. Mary Barra at GM said, we're going to get rid of all the ICE engines. And then not two days later- the other dude under under her said, "Oh, by the way, we have a news story along those lines. Like, yeah, let's, let's, says, let's get through this. Let me finish." He says, "He says, oh, by the way, if you guys want the Duramax engine, we're going to make them until you, as long as you keep buying them. So if they're popular enough, but, they're going to make them. But it's also the Duramax is in a heavy duty class, which is completely different from fuel economy and emissions and all that stuff. And the business, there's no tech. I mean, you're shaking your head at me, but there's no technology out there that can replace a diesel engine in a heavy duty truck right now. People don't know that though." The average consumer doesn't know that. Of course they know that. No, they don't. Oh, 100%. No, the average consumer that lives in downtown LA or Manhattan does not understand that. Well, but they're not the consumer. But they're- They're uh, not the consumer. They're the ones- The consumer is the guy buying the truck. They're buying- Little like e-bikes and things like that. Well, to get around the problem downtown. is they're uh, they're filling out the forms, their surveys when they get them from GM for their little Sprint or whatever the hell they're driving. All right, can I finish with Ray's email? Please do. Anyhow, we do have the Ram Eco Diesel to thank for the excellent new GM 3-liter Duramax i6. And I know that Banks Engineering has been very successful with their 630T modified Eco Diesel engine. So I'm thinking episode with you two and Gail focusing on the strength, 
weaknesses and fixes for the EcoDiesel might be a worthy send-off for a good but much maligned engine, or maybe uh, Rod Romaine if Gale isn't available from Ram. Please, if you think this is a good idea for an episode, try to keep yourselves uh, and Gail on topic. I love you guys, but when you get together with Gail, you're all the perfect illustration of going off on tangents. If you land an interview with Rod Romaine, I'm fairly certain it'll stay on topic. Thank you. Best regards and five stars, Ray. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. And he says, P.S., the $300 million fine that FCA paid to the U.S. government, the payments made uh, to all the diesel owners, etc., was my uh, opinion. Uh, pure political theater, grandstanding by the feds, and I think Ram FCA took it like a man. He merged with their integrity intact. I can't say that Ram is guilt-free in the matter, but at least they owned up to it, cooperated with the investigation, never whined, and paid through the nose for their transgressions. I'm a very happy owner of a 2020 EcoDiesel. I plan on making a living after retirement by getting a job using my EcoDiesel Ram to haul Tesla batteries from dealer shops <laughs> as the yet non-existent battery recycling facilities. And that was from our, our friend Ray. So, Ray, I appreciate your input. I, I just think that... Um, Especially in the light duty class with electrification coming out, especially with the EV all EV platform, most manufacturers are moving away from diesel and a half ton for hybrids and uh, electrification, and that's where that's going to go. Because there's lightning shaking his head right now. No, 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 no. I was going to agree. Yeah. Actually, I was going to say I think the four by E is go- is about to be a runaway success. Uh, they're a runaway putting, hit. They're what do you call runaway. Whatever. They're putting four by E's in everything. I mean, we, I, yeah. I bought one. Right? We, right. we have one now, and it's it's fantastic. I've been driving our four by E Wrangler. Super impressed with it. You know, the, as it's, there's it's, there's two in my shop. There's yeah. like I was like, what? Who? Where are these? He's like, yeah, yeah. They're they're stinking fast, and and they get pretty good fuel economy. Uh, and if you plug in every day, they get amazing fuel economy. I think a plug-in hybrid, and I've told this on the show before, I don't think, especially in the truck class or the heavier vehicle class, that battery electric is the way to go. I think plug-in hybrid is the next natural step, and I think that makes the most sense for most people and having two fuels that you can kind of decide on your own what you want to put your time into. If it's overnight at home and you wake up in the morning with 25 miles on EV only, that's awesome. If you don't feel like going to the uh, the gas station that day and you're charged up, guess what? You don't have to go to the gas station. If you're like me and you try and run one out of fuel on the freeway and you have e-save on and you're like, boop, hey, check me out. I've got 25 miles of battery I just made to the gas station, which happened to me. It's great. I think Jeep out of all of them is doing it right with the way they have e-save, electric only, or uh, hybrid uh, settings. I, there's some... We, we talked about it, um, and we could do a different segment of how I think it could be a little bit improved and a little bit different than it is today. But overall, it's it's incredible. We're leaving for Overland Adventure next uh, next Monday, and you saw the parking lot. We got uh, three 4 by es a Grand right. Cherokee and two Wranglers, going on the 350-mile overlanding trip. And so those vehicles are, are doing the things that a normal vehicle would do. And they, I mean, all my experience so far is pretty good. So when we get in the news... There's a couple of things, and we can kind of circle back on this. So the last email is from uh, Blake, and it says, I want y'all's opinion. Hey, Lightning and Holman, I've been uh, seeing more people putting oil catch cans on their trucks. Do y'all think uh, it's a good addition and worth it? Uh, thanks for the great podcast. I'm also currently going through your catalog and just done listening to the Galesode number three, part one and two, and thought they were great. And it says, you guys are five stars in my book. Five star review! Five stars! So I think we've talked catch cans before yeah i think the the issue is yeah i think i think they're good because they capture the blow by and things like that however should we say what they're for first for those who don't know well let let me i'll just finish this thought because i'll forget okay in a smog state like california or i'm sure any of the states that follow california's program it's illegal because you're essentially the smog technician will identify your vehicle as having a modified pcv valve 
And because it's not being recirculated within the engine, the blow by, the oil that's coming past the rings and everything, because it's not being recirculated, it's going venting to atmosphere. It's venting the atmosphere, even if it's in a little can, and they want all that burning through the catalyst. And so basically, you would fail smog. So mechanically, it's probably better because it keeps the inside of your engine cleaner because it's not recycling stuff that flew past the pistons, right? Correct. But from a smog and regulatory standpoint, it's illegal because you're putting, you know, dirt and particles into the atmosphere, even though it's going into a can. Now, now, some of them do recirculate, and that's the interesting. So I've been doing some research because, uh, again, like with TRX, They have to have an EO in California. That's absolutely right. And I couldn't find a single catch can with an EO. Yep. That's an executive order, so it's a CARB EO number, the way that a lot of banks' products have. Holly has them. You know, all the guys Every, have them. Everybody has them. So um, I did some research, and there's some really big names out there making these catch cans. Well, I say really big. They look big on Facebook. Uh, they're probably in a 1,200-square-foot warehouse in some place in Idaho. All the hammy guys seem to love them. I mean, they're they're ubiquitous. But so the ones that I'm seeing, Holman, do recirculate. They could be eligible for a carbio well, because they, they would need to go through the testing and bingo get and that's yeah. the thing is that to make a cash can is pretty inexpensive any guy with a cnc yeah. but shop to certify make, it is not yeah and you can even buy them online alibaba dude you can buy them they're made in china right yeah, you can I get mean, one 15 bucks and there are some really well designed ones but yep. no one's has got a carbio so i guess the answer is we do think they're helpful they do capture the oil vapor that you don't want being recycled in the in, in the cylinder. If you live in a state that uh, doesn't have smog, okay, go for it. Ain't going to hurt you. If you live in California, New Jersey, one of those states, uh, you won't make it through smog. So that's yeah. where we and, stand. And you might, you might do a recirculating catch can, uh, and the technician may not care because it doesn't vent to atmosphere, but it's not going to be legal without an EO because it's, tam- quote, unquote, tampering with. One that I was looking at is a QSC. And uh, then there's a billet one. I'll look up. Looked a really, really nice unit for like the uh, the Hemis, and uh, and they had the recirculation and they had the um, the quick disconnects. So they are pretty easy to uh, install and remove. So I guess go for it. All right, let's get into the news. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Oh, that was kind of neat. It oh, like right. dropped off like a shelf. It just went ah, and then cut off. Yeah, it was almost like I did it electronically. It was all right. Really, you didn't think it was great? I mean, if- do you think it was the Domino's pizza that we had before the show that like gave us the extra energy to make it strong and powerful? Well, I'll tell you right now that the Domino's pizza is the only reason I'm able to carry on the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, the, right the now. carbs. Uh, just the uh, yeah, carb, sugar, the whole the whole deal. Hey, lighting, did you hear? No, no, I did not. Well, rumor has it that the eco diesel actually is not quite dead. Tell me more. Uh, so, rumor has it that uh, the Gladiator eco diesel will carry on as the Wrangler diesel winds down. Oh, I actually did hear that, which which so, sounded that makes weird. sense. No, it makes sense because if you look at the Gladiator lineup, they have either the V six or the diesel. You look at the Wrangler lineup, they have the Turbo 4, the Turbo 4 4xe, they have the e-torque V6, they have the regular V6, they have the 392, and they have the diesel. So the Gladiator doesn't have all the love that the uh, JL has, and so it doesn't necessarily need to be simplified. And I think you know, for a lot of people, the diesel and the JT make a ton of sense. 
And that makes the uh, Gladiator JT the last of the midsize trucks to have a diesel now that uh, Canyon and Colorado no longer offer them. Lighting, did you hear? So like I've been saying, and here's a, uh, a new story out of Motor Trend, Toyota CEO defends cautious EV rollout and doubles down on hybrids and hydrogen. Mm. And uh, Very to- curious. Toyota is unapologetic about it taking, uh, being slower than the competition uh, with its electrification strategy. It feels that not all consumers are ready or able, and that California and New York's ban on gasoline vehicles by 2035 will be difficult to achieve, says <laughs> President and CEO Akio Toyota. So this By the is, way, this Toyota, is, for, for you people to think, oh, Toyota's a smaller brand, Toyota is a global leader. They're, one, they're global, one of the biggest car companies in the entire world. Yes, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, and so, listen, they have an EV strategy. They have um, also a hybrid strategy. But, listen, they're saying that their belief from the man at the top, uh, Akio Toyota-san, who thinks the mainstream EV adoption will take time and that regulations like the forthcoming announced ones uh, may not work out as planned. And that's exactly what we've been telling you. It's not happening. It's on the books right now. It's not happening. There's no way. We are nowhere near being able to ban internal combustion engines in California and move everybody to to the grid. It's so not, just this political bluster. It, well, I mean, but it's a law. So it's going to have to be overturned or they're going to have to push back on it or whatever when the time comes because it will destroy the economy and, and people's lives, quite literally. God. They can't afford it. California California's never going to get a conservative in uh, in a seat that matters. You don't know that. I, we need Schellenberg or no, Schellenbacher, listen, whatever his name is. There's a lot of us out mm-hmm. here that are should quietly him, waiting. Should we get him on the show? Schellenberger? Running for governor? You don't even know their name. I know, but I know what he's about. <laughs> oh, I've watched uh, two TED Talks with no, him. No, I'm not going. This is as far as I want to go into politics on this show. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, realistically speaking, it seems rather difficult to achieve them, he said through a translator. Uh, Toyota recently traveled to the U.S. to meet with dealers. His first such visit in three years, then sat down with uh, media for lunch, including Motor Trend. And so anyway, it, it goes into the their idea of you know kind of their, their um, uh, spending sp- Free, right? 70 billion electrified vehicles over the next nine years, with 35 billion committed to BEVs, which are the all electric battery electric vehicles. Plans are to expand about 70 electrified models by 2025 with seven BEVs. So, electrified is hybrid, BEV is full electric. Uh, and there'll be seven under the BZ brand. And so, by 2030, Toyota will have 30 EVs and the globe selling 3.5 million EVs annually. Currently, less than 25% of the lineup is electrified. Uh, and of that, 22% are hybrids. And since the Prius launched in 97, the automaker says it has introduced more than 20 electrified vehicles around the world. That's interesting because people think, I mean, when you think of electric vehicles, it's the Prius. Like, they're the leader. Well, right? I mean, you think I mean, of hybrids, although the Jeep 4xe, I've been told, is uh, the Wrangler's the well, best-selling hybrid in America, if you can believe that, which so, is kind of so crazy. My, my point, though, is that when you look at Toyota, who is considered on the forefront of this tech, right, for them to say, not so fast... It tells you that they are actually yeah. reading. And it's isn't it interesting that the American manufacturers are willing to potentially blow up their entire business model for politics, but the companies that are outside the U.S. are the ones going, well, you guys are a little bit crazy. Slow your roll. <laughs> right? So pay attention to that. They're not beholden to the U.S. You, government. You're the way crazy. Yeah. You know, it's I, I, I don't know. Anyway, he says uh, 
Interesting quote. He says, it's not like the rest of the world is entirely responsible for holding Toyota back. There's a growing number of multi-car households in the U.S. where at least one vehicle is electrified. So that's now my household, right? But they're not ready for a range and infrastructure limited EV to be their only option. Another concern is about only half of American vehicles are parked in a garage overnight, which is the prime opportunity for most home charging setups. How about uh, this guy over here with zero? Uh, right. I mean, you don't even have a garage that would fit a charger. You put a charger in your garage and you couldn't put bicycles in there. I could put a charger, but how would I get the cable outside <laughs> yeah. and close my garage door? Through that little slit of a garage door yeah. opening you have? Dude, and, and I would say 70% of the homes in Long Beach are single-car garages. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's all that that typical- uh, They were all naval guys back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it's all post-war yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, you know, they're talking about hydrogen also being there. It's interesting. My neighbors had a hydrogen uh, car- and they just traded in to when went back to a gas-powered car. And they said mm. it's because the hydrogen infrastructure in Southern California, there's only like four charging stations within like a reasonable like 20-mile drive. And that sometimes there is no hydrogen. And it just got to the point where it was too hard to own. And I think hydrogen fuel cells make way more sense for a lot of people than electricity if you can get the hydrogen infrastructure. In a place like Southern California where we have natural gas readily, it seems like you could have a fuel cell or – and make hydrogen at your house and not need a fuel station. And then you have a, you know, you could fill up that way. Um, and over the road trucks, we talked about why the big trucks that are going interstate, like last mm-hmm. mile delivery, Amazon, all that kind of stuff. I hear a BEV ne- makes great sense. But, uh, yeah. but I hear Nikola is going to be a huge success yeah. when it comes to uh, those hydrogen uh, big rigs. Uh, well, I, actually, they've been moving forward <laughs> what, what's left of the company. Um, but climbing up, you know, the uh, the grade into Colorado, you, you've got to, it's going to have to be a fuel cell or diesel. It's not going to be an electric vehicle because the amount of energy you would take, you know, you could regen going down. But going up, you'd blast it, and the size of the cables, the weight of the batteries, how much battery you'd have to have to continue on after blowing them. I mean, it's just noise possible. I mean, everything's possible, but not today. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't think. Anyway, we we can beat the horse until it's dead. It's been dead for a while. We'll keep beating it. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No way. Uh, Rivian is on track to meet its production target of twenty five thousand vehicles this year with a record third quarter. So shares of Rivian rose nearly eight percent in uh, trading this week after uh, the announcement. Uh, Their positive update came after uh, rival Tesla blamed logistical hurdles for missing market expectations Mm -hmm. to the number of cars that handed over to customers in the third quarter. So far, as of uh, the beginning of October, Rivian has produced 14,317 vehicles so far this year. Wait, how many? 14,317. Which is pretty impressive. Okay. Uh, for a small startup, uh, Rivian has to make more than 10,500 units in the last three months of the year to meet its production targets. But looks like that could be something uh, that's happening. So, wow. Super interesting. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? Yeah. I guess not. No, apparently not. No, I didn't. Uh, not hey, to her. Have you gone to your local U-Haul lately? Yes. I was at uh, U-Haul about three months ago. Uh, I said lately. No, I haven't. Uh, Ford Mavericks now being rented for 20 bucks a day. Shut the front door. You're a lying sack of shit. There's no way we can't get our hands. Up. <gasps> That's a U-Haul logo on a Maverick. What? There you go. Oh, interesting. Kind of cool. So uh, hmm. you'll be able to get a Maverick from the old U-Haul dealer. It has all those uh, warning stickers and yeah. and uh, serial number stickers and U-Haul stickers and everything you'd expect on a U-Haul pickup truck. Well, I guess readers shot some photos from uh, Miami, but they're they're cropping up all over. So uh, anyway. There you go. Maverick uh, Maverick catching on even in the uh, U-Haul fleets, which is kind of interesting. Those, that's going to piss off some people who have uh, outstanding orders on new Mavericks, right? Uh, unless what you, are you giving a U-Haul well, for? Well, maybe U-Haul ordered theirs early and okay. ordered a Apparently, whole hell of a I lot of them. I guess they did, yeah. I'm sure they have some buying power. 
Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No way. Very, no, uh, I guess not. Very sad news. Very oh. depressing. All right, so I'll play this preemptively. Ram no longer, according to Mopar Insiders, looking at the fleet information for the coming year, mm-hmm. no longer has a regular cab shore box. Bye. So uh, the fifth gen truck that's currently out now, the DT, has never offered that configuration. It's never had a regular cab shore box. The classic, the DS that they still sell today, uh, has. Well, not not no more. Mm. Not, not no mo. Not no mo. And it kind of sucks. Uh, for years, you could get the entry level tradesman or the express trim that had like the sport hood and the 20s on it and the Hemi. That was an awesome package. So. Uh, sounds like according to the paperwork that Mopar Insider had to look at, the regular cab with the eight-foot box survives, but who knows if it'll be in 2023 or, or mm. after that, by the way. Yeah, it sucks. Um, but the uh, the shorty, the, the, the performance-based shorty is, uh, is womp womp. So uh, that leaves Ford and Chevrolet as the only pickup makers in full-size trucks, period, that have a full-size truck with two doors and one row of seats. Think about that. Nobody else is, uh, is doing that. Okay. Uh, anyway, Ram uh, has uh, added a little fun for the 1500 Classic builds, though, for uh, 2023 for $450 a piece. Um, there are 13 low-volume colors available. So colors like uh, Republic Blue, School Bus Yellow, Safety Yellow, Light Green, think of Forest Service, are all colors you can get your low-volume truck in if you want Can to. I tell you that I am uh, supplying some parts to a guy building a SEMA truck, and he fired up an account when he got that green that you just mentioned, uh-huh. which, by the way, looks like mint green. Right, it's the Forest Service green. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. He looks at the, he got the mint green, and within six months, he had 150,000 subscribers to his Instagram account just for that truck because of that freaking green. Yep. N- no one knew that it was available. And, yep. he, and he, it's funny because he called me. And he goes, hey, I need, I need, I need some parts. Da, da, da. I'm like, like, who are you? Well, yeah, and he's built some SEMA trucks before, so he's had some clout. Uh, and then I'm like, well, send me a picture of the truck. And I go, oh, it's, that's an interesting wrap. He goes, no, that's the whole thing. Yeah. This is a limited edition color, and people are going nuts for it. Yep. He says, I, I had a really tough time finding one. Yeah. you. I'm surprised he found one at all and didn't have it ordered. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? The problem with the truck is that he put on freaking 26-inch, 16-inch deep. Huh. American Force wheels. Kind of like putting 20s on a T-Rex. Hey, Lightning, way, did you hear? Way worse. Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. Uh, for 825 bucks, the four-cylinder Ford Bronco can make uh, V6 EcoBoost power. Oh, tell me more. So the Ford Performance Upgrade uh, delivers up to 330 horsepower. So the Ford Bronco's entry-level engine is a turbocharged 2.3-liter EcoBoost, which uh, Motor Trend reminds us the uh, perhaps the only uh, or good best attribute uh, is that it's the only way to get a manual transmission in a Bronco. The up-level twin-turbo 2.7-liter V6 is 315 horsepower and 410 on regular gas, uh, 330 and 415 on premium. So that outmuscles the 2.3-liter EcoBoost 275, 315 on regular, or 300 horsepower and 325 on premium. By the way, that tells you people run premium when you... What about... It's uh, expensive, what but... What about uh, stuff in uh, Texas, that Hunter Doctane? Yeah. Mm. But you're also stuck with the Bronco's uh, 10-speed automatic on the V6. So Ford Performance has released a power kit for four-cylinder EcoBoost Broncos, and it gives you a reason to skip the six because you can get six-like power with a stick. So 330 horsepower at 5,500 RPM and 385 pound-feet of torque at 3,500 RPM. Those figure uh, drag the four-cylinder EcoBoost output right in line with the V6. 
and ahead of all Wranglers short of the uh, V8 uh, 392. And uh, Ford Performance says this output is, of course, generated on uh, premium fuel. So this is the catch to the M-12655-F ProCal 4 Ford Performance uh, Calibration Tool and this tune. Okay. You ready for it? Tell me it does not have a carbio, and the EPA is shutting it down. Uh, Compatibility will work with axle ratios up to 470s, up to 37-inch tires. And you get a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty when the calibration is installed by a Ford dealer. Okay, that's all good. All right, and you ready for the uh, downside? Uh, sure. The caveat only applies to California residents. But hold on, it's not what you think, sort of. While the tune is carb legal, it's only carb legal for 2021 Broncos and not for 2022. So uh, the 2022 tune- Different emission standards in 2022. Yep, and so Ford refers to this as a 49-state legal setup. Otherwise- uh, it's warrantied and power upgrading, and you can have a V6 power from your uh, four-cylinder with a stick, which I am like, ding, 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 check all the boxes. That's almost enough for me to go, I would want the Bronco with four-cylinder just to get that power upgrade from Ford and then row my own. Yeah, but that's in a 21, not in a 22. I know. So you know what I'm saying. This place blows. You know what I'm saying. Okay. I bought a 392. <laughs> yeah, you did. So it's uh, nil. Doesn't matter. Nil. Hey, uh, Lighting, did you hear? No. No, I did not. Uh, days after announced performance calibration kit for the 2.3-liter powered Bronco, Ford Performance now is taking care of the Explorer ST. So the tune on the ST uh, for SUVs built between 2020 and 2022 uh, will not void the warranty and adds about 30 horsepower. So stock, the Explorer ST is powered by a twin-turbocharged 3-liter V6. It's 400 horsepower and 415 pound-feet of torque, but thanks to Ford's tune... You get 30 horsepower, 35 pound-feet of torque, which brings it up to 430-467. That's healthy. That is healthy. Yeah. Damn. I mean, it's still three horsepower short of a 392 Wrangler in a 4x8, but, yeah, you know, it's still right up there. Um, the Blue Oval notes that the performance calibration kit improves the throttle response throughout the rev range and that it is optimized for the 10-speed automatic shift schedule. Um, and here are the catches on this one. Oh, Are you ready? Oh, no, come on. Premium gasoline. Yeah. Installing the tune on 2022 Explorer ST will not go over well in California. Yeah. Uh, but it is legal on 2020 and 2021 models, even in California, and on every ST, regardless of uh, model year in the rest of the nation. So the Ford Performance developed uh, software because is covered by a three-year, three, 36,000-mile warranty. And it starts with the uh, vehicle's in-service date, so it doesn't add on to the warranty. You have whatever's left of your warranty. And it costs 825 bucks, including the same ProCal 4 handheld tuner. So there you go. wonder who's making that tuner. Interesting. Ford Performance. Yeah, but Ford Performance is not making that. You don't They're, know that. Nah, I bet that's going to be like an SCT tuner or something You don't like that. know that. I don't know that. I'm asking. And I don't know that either, so I'm not bringing them up. Yeah. But it, I remember this, uh, uh, this came up when I was looking at, remember when I was a, a, a fluttering with the idea of buying a single cab short bed Ford F one fifty with a with a uh, Coyote a five zero, mm-hmm. and I was looking to put a Whipple supercharger on it. And the big thing with Dustin Whipple is it's got to be a twenty one because mm-hmm. in twenty two no bueno mm-hmm. you're, we do not have mm-hmm. tunes because we're locked out of the ECM. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that had much to do with a calibration change mm-hmm. emissions calibration or it was just. We were locked out of the ECM, but like there's a lot of things that happened between 21 and 22, tuning wise with Ford. Very interesting. Mm. Hey, lighting, did you hear? No way. No way. <laughs> that was pretty funny. 
Uh, Ford has uh, increased lighting base price for the second time in two months. There's a lot of Ford news. <laughs> Damn. The company's uh, citing ongoing supply chain uh, issues. So now the base price of the Ford F-150 Lightning Pro, which is the base model, mm-hmm. again, you got to remember, Ford said the uh, price was going to go up $7,100 uh, to bring it up to 48769 And now that model will see another uh, bump. So it already went up seven thousand one hundred dollars. All right, we're at forty eight seven sixty nine. Okay, the base twenty twenty three F one fifty Lightning Pro fifty two five fifty three seven sixty nine. Damn it! Dang, that's a lot. Was that another five grand? Yes. So was it seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars in the last uh, year? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Either do you think it's because it's so popular, or do you think it actually? Do you think Ford had a loss leader in the beginning, and now that they know it's going to sell, they can get their profit out of uh, it? There's a lot of things that could have happened. Yeah. Uh, they could have gotten the uh, the the pricing wrong, meaning. No, I don't think they got the it raw, wrong. Well, no, what I'm saying is raw goods have gone up. Labor, yeah, is they didn't have margin right to absorb not it. enough margin. And I, I kind of feel like they maybe priced it low on purpose to get the buzz. And get it out the door but and to prove do, there's a business case. Yeah, but to do price hikes this fast, I don't know. That nah. feels like someone may have miscalculated or they just said, hey, this is a huge profit center. Or we don't want to sell you the low-end one. We want to sell you the high-end one, so we'll put them closer together. There's that. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, wait. <laughs> no way. <Mm-mm>. Nope. <laughs> That's funny. There's not a chance. Uh, uh, Toyota of Japan is uh, has announced a uh, new RAV4 uh, more serious off-road package. And I, I had to I had to laugh when I uh, when I saw the uh, the press release here, not because I don't take it seriously. I mean, <clears throat> I don't. Um, the but, Rav Four is um, off road adjacent. Well, it's funny because the Rav Four Adventure package, like they're everywhere now. They're basically the new Subaru, you know, of the Toyota lineup, and right. everybody's like taking off road in the desert, and they're like you getting know, getting stuck. Yeah. So this one, uh, the the Toyota Rav Four off road package for Japan has a uh, a suspension lift. Uh, how, how high were you going to lift your TRX, were you saying? Two inches. This one is a uh, 0.39 inch. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, comes with Less a, than half an inch. Uh, yes. Uh, 10 millimeters. Comes with a set of 18-inch wheels with a matte black finish, kind of like yours, and 225, all-terrain tires. How, how big were those wheels? What were the diameter? 18-inch. Oh, okay, 18-inch. Mm-hmm. Okay. 225, right. 60, uh, it, yeah. That's actually a pretty good size for that uh, little little rig. Sure. So anyway, I just uh, I thought that was uh, a little giggly for us truck guys to be like, oh, check out this uh, awesome off-road package with the 10 millimeter lift. Good go, you guys, Rav4 people. Ten more, ten ten millimeter. Like what? What does that do for you uh, off-road? Um, it, it makes does it, it look... just prevent rubbing be, uh, from the tire fitment? Uh, probably. Yeah. Hey, lighting. Did you hear? No way. <laughs> this, no way. This one is going to be amazing breaking news. This here oh. is. Huge. It, this changes memes forever. It also changes the entire truck industry with one fell swoop. All right, so breaking news. This just in from the news desk at the Truck Show Podcast. Holman with more. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Sean Holman reporting from the news desk with some breaking news that's not so breaking. <laughs> okay. We have spent more time delving over the Ram Rebel HD specs and have discovered a brand new Ram trailer towing mirror that no longer flips but slides, which means that you will always look like you have elephant ears no matter how you drive. 
Oh, well, that's just ridiculous. So before, all the memes about the guys driving with their invisible trailers, the mirrors flipped up? Right. Well, the new mirrors are in that configuration all the time. Now they slide in and out on the arm rather than flipping up or down. So it's like the, the GM mirrors. It's like the Silverado mirrors. I mean, not really. Because yeah. the Silverado mirrors have like that funny broken arm looking thing holding them. Um, the, the ram, the ram is still their arm is just the the big mirror slide. No, no, no. Side. This is it's a lot more similar to the GM. I mean, our silver. But it doesn't look. Work. It doesn't look stupid like the GM's. Is my point. Yeah, the, yeah. The, it doesn't look as stupid. Yeah, the GM looks silly. It doesn't have a and compound by the way, fracture. When when they when they move out, when they slide out mm-hmm. like four and a half inches mm-hmm. or so, which is not that far, they become really unstable and they shake in the wind. Uh, yeah. They're just, they're, yeah, they're, just, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're feeble. They're not great. So anyway, I just thought it was funny because all you people who uh, have spent all your years making fun of Ram owners will now be able to make fun of them all the time because there isn't it's a way permanent. to, yeah, there's no way to uh, <laughs> stow them down. So anyway, uh, there you go. You can be the first of your friends to make fun of new Ram owners in their big old honking uh, trailer tow mirrors. All right. Well, that is, uh, that's a whole heap of news. Thank you, Holman, for delivering that to its emergency. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to debate any of those stories he came up with, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. He's at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean P. Holman. You can find us on the socials. You can also find us at Truck Show Podcast. Feel free to uh, send us an uh, email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Or leave uh, questions, comments, concerns, or welfare check on the Five Star Hotline, 657-205-6105. We, as it has cooled off lately in Southern California, our studio is only about three degrees cooler, but it's just enough to keep us out of heat stroke. So, yeah. That was it. You're out. I'm out. Yeah. Did I did I cover it all? There's nothing left. You you started talking about heat, and all of a sudden I (laughs) you just froze, bearing down. How is it weird that you froze in the heat like that? But it was no, like it just came bearing. Like I just all of a sudden I took a deep (laughs) breath as you said it, and I'm like, I feel ill. It's it's time to go. I feel ill. Like it just feels like. All right. Well, listen. It's not as bad as when we had a couple of guests in two episodes ago, but it's just nasty in here. Yeah. It's 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 sticky. (laughs) <laughs> and it smells like pizza right now. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, old one piece car- left. That's I'm, yours. I'm going to eat it. Eat on the way home. I might. You should. All right. Uh, <laughs> we, before we uh, bail out and uh, continue <laughs> living our uh, disgustingly mm-hmm. uh, horrible nutritional lifestyle, uh, we have to thank our friends at Nissan who have supported the Truck Show podcast since the beginning. So if you're in the market for a half ton or mid-sized truck, head over to NissanUSA.com where you can find a rugged, reliable and well-built truck from our friends over at Nissan, or you can head down to your local Nissan dealer, check them out in person. You can see all the great features and even listen to the Truck Show podcast on the exceptional Fender audio system. Right. Yep. And if uh, you have an old truck and you need to make it better or a new truck and it's not good enough because there's not enough Farkles functional sparkle on it, then you want to head over to uh, bankspower.com where you can go to the uh, year, make, model, drop-down menu, put in your truck, and it'll show you the glorious amounts of different types of products available from Monster Rams and Ram Air diff covers and uh, eye dashes and gauges and Mm -hmm. uh, tuners and derringers (laughs) and exhaust and tips and uh, air filters. Sure. And um, I'm forgetting something, I'm sure. But Uh, it's all there. Trans command. Uh, pedal monsters. Sure. Listen, bankspower.com. You'd be blown away at the amount of product they have, all engineered with the OE safety in mind, so that you don't have to worry about bolting something up that'll just blow it on off your truck. 
<laughs> blow off your truck. What? What's happening? Well, I'm thinking like, you know, like if you put in a monster rig, yeah. it's safe. You're, it's not going to blow through your hood or anything. No, of That's course not. Saying. It's bolted on and it's right. tested. I mean, it's gone through thousands of man hours of testing. Of right. course, it's not going to blow something off. Same thing with your off. electronics. There's, it's right. all safety, whether it's a pedal monster or a inline tuner Pedal or monster or is the only throttle controller that has that's connected to OBD and it has active safety. Active safety, ha- yeah, people. Yeah, health monitoring circuitry. That's right. Health S- monitoring circuitry. So it active makes, safe. People, makes your car are you truck more this? fun. Are you hearing this? You get fun, yeah. but you can do it safely. Yeah. Safety move from being third to second with Banks Power. That should be your T-shirt. Safety, safety now second. Safety now second, yeah. yeah. It's Performance like, first, safety second. I look at it like fireworks that can't blow your hand off. So it's flashlight <laughs> that's that that like sparkles? Yeah. It's like the disco LED light show or something? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, last but not least, thank you, Toyo Tires. We appreciate being invited out to your trail pass last week and giving us an opportunity to be the test and be and and giving us the opportunity to be among the first to test your brand new open country RT trail tires, which we were highly impressed with. So if you're looking for a tire uh, that can do it all from load to quiet ride to hustling up a mountain road to going off road. You like that aggressive uh, look, but you're not quite ready to step up into a mud terrain. You want that quiet on-road performance. Check out the brand new Open Country RT Trail beginning November 1st. Well, Lightning, you know what I'm going to be doing November 1st? I don't, Lumberjack Larry. I'm going to be taking my brand new Toyo tires and putting them on my truck. And oh, I'm really? going to go do some more manly truck things before my wimpy tires that I had on my truck only allowed me to do... Girly man kind of things. <laughs> Girly man. Now with this open country RT trail, I'm gonna do manly manly things. Like what? Like drive my truck on dirt. That's <laughs> opposed to pavement. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. I might even go where there's a little water crossing and there's a little bit of wet dirt. <laughs> wet dirt. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't want to get it on the side of my TRX and ruin that pretty little finish in my you got my a rear TRX fender. too? Well. Let's talk about my TRX Lightning. It mm. has a proper wheel and tire package that doesn't destroy my truck or my warranty. Mm. Okay, so you kept the uh, the factory fit and it went with Toyos. I did go with Toyos Lightning because when you're a man like me and you go out in nature and you venture far off the beaten path, mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to grab a feral hog as it runs by you and rip its leg off and eat it. <laughs> really? Does it run away on three legs? Well, you don't want to eat a pig that good all at once. You got to save some for later. Okay. So, do you uh, put him out of his misery? Do you do you put a bullet in his head? What, what do you do? I don't know how a pig feels. <laughs> Lightning. I just know I like barbecue. And okay. When I'm in my travels, I like to eat a pork shoulder too. Uh-huh. At that time. Okay. Time to move on to the ribs. Hey, do you have a boat, by the way? Lightning. I do have a boat. Uh-huh. I also have a horse. Oh, really? Because I am a man. All right, and and what type of boat would this be? Where do you go? Do you have you ever uh, backed it into a, into a lake and uh, had any issues with traction? I have a flying boat, lightning. A flying boat. That's right. It's a uh, airplane with pontoons. Oh, really? I don't need a truck for what it, where I go. I just land my boat right on the boat water. <laughs> then I, the boat water. <laughs> then I take my my boat and I fly it out when I'm done. Uh huh. Did you land on the boat water? That's what I do. <laughs> the because boat water. Real men don't need trailers. Uh, no. They just take their trucks and fly them right into wherever they need to go. <laughs> Wait, your, your Which truck means flies? You don't need a truck or tires <laughs> or anything from banks for that matter. Just This went sideways. 
Well, Lightning, you ask different questions than I have stupid answers. Like a man would do. No, Lightning, I saw a meme the other day. Mm-hmm. It uh, reminded me of uh, things, uh, you know, Holman may have told you over time. It was well-written, concise, and really summed up a lot. Yeah. And what was the crux of the, the story that you read? Well, it wasn't. It was a patch. I was going to buy it for you. Oh, a patch like you'd put on a jacket. Absolutely. Okay. Said, uh, if at first you don't succeed, just do what Holman told you to in the first place. It's a lot to put on a patch. I identify with that lighting. I always listen to Holman for whatever my needs are. You know, I often contact him at uh, at Sean P. Holman <laughs> on the gram. Oh, do you now? I oh, do. oh, you really? Yes. L- uh, the uh, Loverjack Larry has the gram. No, no, no. No, I, I use my wife's gram because I don't like people to know that I'm on the grid. So I see. But I do email truckshowpodcast at gmail.com where I uh, I don't uh, recall getting any uh, conversation. Well, it's because Holman actually reads those and, and gets those letters right away. And uh, I don't have to bother you with my very important and dense questions that you probably were going to cause me to question my question by answering the way you do. (laughs) Interesting. Really? So you don't have much confidence in me then? What? The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 